Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The Swiss government either thinks people are completely out of their minds, oh, and they're saying, guess what? Recorded I bet you that I can get these idiots to buy 50-year bonds with a negative interest rate. And they are, so you're on for a steak dinner. Maybe that's what, maybe that explains it. The alternative is they don't think things are going to smooth out for another 50 years. They think at least that there are investors who believe that we are looking at 50, a half a century of stagnant or depressed economy headed our way. I don't believe that. But how do you explain 50-year bonds with a negative interest rate? How do you sell that? I mean, that's, that's interesting stuff to me. Because, again, it issues, it seems to indicate an, a, an incredible level of pessimism within the investor community, at least whatever investor community is interested in Swiss bonds. They've got to be sitting there and saying, this stuff's going to hit the fan, and I think this bond is a safe haven that will protect my wealth. And even though I'm losing money on it, I'm not losing all of my money, and therefore I'm interested in a 50-year bond with negative interest rates. And try to distribute that wealth with your children. A great way to distribute your wealth is with $20 gold pieces. Uh, and yet, it just goes over everyone's head. Uh, they, they fall into all the, you know, you know, to the people that are pushing paper and wanting you to get into bonds and all kinds of other garbage. Well, everything we do is paper. It's been paper all my life, really. Virtually all my life. We had gold. We had, we had silver coins still in circulation yeah. back when I, was young, when I was a boy and a young man, the rest of that sort of thing. But for the last 40-odd years, it's been paper, paper, paper. And we are so habituated to it. Again, Because sure, everybody accepts it. It was like we were talking about earlier. You don't see where we were. You know, you need that sense of history to see where we were, where, and now look where we are, connect the two dots, and it gives you a projection. You can project that into the future with some confidence and say, this gives us an idea where we're going. This paper is going to take us to disaster, and a lot of people are going to be hurt terribly, and the nation is going to be hurt. It'll survive, but it's going to be hurt. We're going to see something that will make the Great Depression look like picnic. And uh, what are you going to do? Prepare as best you can. You know, it may be that we we simply lack the ability to communicate these ideas to all of your friends and neighbors in a way where they can understand them and they can say, you know, that's right. I think I better get ready. And insofar as we're unable to communicate these ideas to everybody in the country in a way that they find convincing and comprehensible, that indicates that it's up to you to protect yourself. Your neighbors aren't going to be able to protect themselves. They don't get it, and they're not going to get it until the stuff hits the fan. And when it does, they're going to say, "You mean, you mean this is the this is the stuff they were talking about on that on that radio program? Is this is this what they meant when they were talking about austerity? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's time to pay the bills. And if you can't, you don't have the money to pay the bills, it means you're going to need a job, and the only jobs that are going to be available are going to be for $4 an hour. And people are going to be happy to have them. Some people will be. Not everybody, but I mean, some people are going to be happy to have them. So, headed for trouble. If you can't see it coming, you know, and your neighbors, you're not alone. Most of your neighbors can't exactly see it coming. They're not getting ready. They're not getting prepared. But it is incumbent on you if you see. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see, get ready. Got big trouble headed our way. Part of that, part of the solution or remedy for that trouble is to get yourself some gold and silver. Give Melody a call. 1-800-375-4188. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back on Monday. Have a good weekend. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Money, money, money. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. 
You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Red hot, broke line, freedom scribbled on your side. 
All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Monday, July 11th, 2016, about eight minutes after noon Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. That'll get you on the air. 800-932-1980, and that is toll-free. All right, as uh, some of you may have noticed, although I know a lot of you tune in, you wait until the music's over, until uh, my, all my uh, blah, 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 blah at the beginning is over, and we're actually into something. But I uh, decided to uh, go with a new... Uh, opening song there for, you know, I don't know how long I will, but for some time I'll uh, I'll use that. And I've got a I've got a different song uh for the ending. So that's what I'm I'm just trying something uh, a little different, you know, a different song at the beginning and the ending and then of course the breaks, you know, will be whatever I can uh find to play during the break. Anyhow, so uh there it is. Well, it's Monday again, and here we are, and, uh, you know, the world isn't uh, any better off, really. (laughs) Uh, Hardly, uh, I think we might be worse off. I'm not quite sure. But, you know, you look in the news, and it's all about, well, you know, the black community is going to start going crazy, and uh, it's all, look, I... I'm not saying the black community doesn't have something to be upset about, because they do. I mean, actually, we all do. We've all got different reasons to be upset, but we've all got reasons. This government has been a complete failure. It isn't about white people or black people. They hate us all. You better get that through your head. All the minorities out there that think it's all just about them because they're a minority and everybody hates us because we're black. Everybody hates us because we're Mexican. Everybody hates us because we're women, even though we're the majority. But, yeah, everybody hates us because. No, they hate you because you're alive, okay? It wouldn't matter what color you are. You're alive, and you're not one of them. That's why they hate you. It's that simple. Really. The big deception is that, oh, you're special. This is why they hate you. No. They hate you because you're breathing their air. That's the way they look at it. That's how they that's how they feel about it. And they? Who are they? Well, go look at the TV, who they are. Okay? That's who they are. And you might say, well, you know. Those talking heads aren't running the world. No, they're not running the world, but they are facilitating the running of the world for the people that are, because without their help, and I'm not the one who's who dreamed this up. This was Rockefeller or some other elitist. I'll look it up at the break to get the exact quote and the exact who did it, but it was one of the elitists at one of these press meetings and, and told them. 
Gee golly, thanks for all your help in, uh, you know, allowing us to do what we did. Because without you, we wouldn't have been able to. Actually, without you, we would have been hanged. Yeah. So, you know what? Those talking heads on the TV may not be the ones running the world, but they're the ones that made it happen. Those other folks you see on TV, they call themselves representatives and senators and presidents, and I'm the... uh, chairman of this, or I'm the director of that, or I'm the blah, 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 whatever agency they're talking about, they're the ones doing it. Sure, they get their orders from on high somewhere else that we don't know who, but they're the ones doing it. Look, I get the whole cut the head off the snake idea, but if you can't find the head of the snake... Just chop that sucker up into tiny little pieces, and I guarantee you, you'll eventually get to the head. Start at the tail. It doesn't matter. Just start hacking away. And no, you're not going to get it all in one chop. Oh, I'll just chop here. No, not unless you do go get the head, but you don't know where the head is. So forget about that. That's a catchy little saying, and it's great when it works. But when it doesn't, you better have a plan B. And plan B is okay, fine. I can't find the head. I don't know where the head's at. But I do know where the tail is. I can see the tail. I know where the tail is. I'm just going to start chopping, and I'm going to keep chopping until I get to the head. And that's the only way. That's where we're at, folks. And those Congress critters and those media sluts and whores, and I mean the men, too, they're the tail. That's where you start chopping. These people are not your friends. They don't feel like you're the same as them. And again, it doesn't matter if you're white or black. Look at, oh, you think there ain't black people that are in the inside and doing the bidding? Oh, there are. I can think of Will Smith. His little wife there. Pinkett or whatever. Both of them are. They're black. They're blacker than Obama. They're considered part of the elite. So it's not about color. It's not about your skin. It's not about your, you know, where you're from. It's not about any of that. It's about are you accepted as the elite or not. And that's, that's it, man ideology, hey, it doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're even considered, well, you could be in the elite club, but uh, you're not a globalist. You got to go, too. These are elite globalists, okay, which is really a furthering of the worldwide communist revolution. Now, you might not believe that, but you can go read about it. Read Lenin. Read Trotsky. Read Beria. Read these guys and read what they were talking about, about their worldwide communist revolution. And you'll find out, whoa, holy smokes, what's going on today is exactly what they laid out way back in the, before the, you know, 1920. 
They had a plan. But, you know, they weren't positive they were going to win the Russian Revolution in 1917 and 18. They weren't positive about that. That wasn't a given. Once they did, then they had to, oh, hey, we got a plan. We Now we can really start, you know, because if we can beat these guys. See, that's the difference. America had its revolution. And, but the people that ran our revolution weren't looking to really be the masters of the universe. They just wanted to get out from under the king's thumb. They wanted the people to be free, and they wanted to be free along with it. But the Russian Revolution was fomented by a bunch of guys who had bigger plans. They figured, hey, we we just beat the czar. Now it's time to go worldwide. You know, so that's what's going on. But, hey, people are ignorant. People are stupid. And I fall into it myself. I mean, because it's just easy. We're all pretty much inherently lazy. You know, we'll always take the path of least resistance. I mean, that's just natural. Okay? We can call it lazy, but it's natural. Water does it. Air does it. Everything does it. It's just natural. You take the path of least resistance, and so you see a bunch of black faces or Mexican faces doing something you don't like, and you go, ah, they're dang Mexicans, those darn, you know, blacks, whatever. Ah. That's easy. Like I say, I fall into it, too. And, hey, it doesn't, you know, these people who are doing these things are not, uh, you know, they're not off the hook. You're still responsible for your own actions. But, they have been manipulated into what they're doing, okay? Attacks on police inspired or directed by militant groups? Hmm, gee, you think? That's a headline. See, attacks on police inspired or directed by militant groups, if that's the case, you know, I mean, I'm not on the side of the government in any way, shape, or form ever, really. But bottom line is, if you're sitting there and you're anybody, in this case you're the government, and your enforcers are being attacked, and you find out, well, there's groups behind these attacks. You know, they're planning them, they're setting them up, they're they're getting these people, they're they're planning them. What would you do? I mean, don't you think you'd go and, I don't know, arrest or kill everybody in the group? Uh, isn't that what anybody would do? How come that's not being done? And they know what group it is. Hey, the new Black Panther Party seeks their own government. Gee, that sounds a lot like Sharia law, doesn't it? Hmm. Now get this. They're not calling these people, you know, protesters or whatever. No, they're calling them activists. 
wait a minute. How come patriots and militias and all that? Yep, let's just stick with the militia, okay? How come the militia is not called an activist group? Oh, no, they're a threat. They're horrible. They're terrible. They're, they're, we got to do something about them. Oh, but blacks burning down towns and killing cops are activists now, right? A white Detroit police detective who called the Black Lives Matter movement racists and terrorists, which they are because it is not black lives. What do you mean black lives matter? Anytime somebody says, well, all lives matter, they go, you're a racist. You just hate black people. Yeah, well, that's BS, because Black Lives Matter movement is nothing but we hate white people movement. And if you think that's not true, look at all these people. All they want to do is kill whites. Even cops. Guess what? He's been demoted. Yep. Nate Weekly is also the brother of a Detroit police officer who was charged with involuntary manslaughter in the accidental shooting of a black girl during a raid years ago. Weekly was disciplined after posting remarks on FedBook in response to the fatal shooting of five officers in Dallas last week. He wrote that he had considered taking the day off after the outrageous act perpetrated against my brothers. You see, now wait a minute. Okay, it's all nice and fun and games to be part of a team and all that, but wait a minute. Outrageous act perpetrated against my brothers? Uh, is this us against them? Sure sounds like us against them. That's the same crap that Black Lives Matter talks about. That's the same crap that the new Black Panther Party, which is nothing new about the Black Panther Party. They're the same bunch of, uh, you know, radicals they were before. They're not new. There ain't nothing new about it except the people, maybe, because the other Black Panthers are dead or in jail. Nothing new about their philosophy. So I'm just calling them the Black Panther Party, because that's who they are. And then we got this cop perpetrated against my brothers. Really? See, I got news for you, folks. Any one of you out there who's been in the military, you recognize that as military talk. Hmm? Soldiers. Many, many times view their fellow soldiers as brothers. And they say so. See, because those guys in blue aren't your brothers. They're your fellow employees tasked to protect the people. But nope, that ain't the game anymore. No, no, it's us against them. We're here to enforce the law. We're the enforcers. We're from the government. We're here to shoot you if you do not obey. That's who the cops are. The only racists here are the Black Lives Matter terrorists and their supporters, said Weekly, who also used a crude word to describe the group as excrement. Excrement. Well, he got demoted for that. But 
did he say anything that's not true? Black Lives Matter are racists because they will attack you verbally or physically if you point out to them, hey, man, all lives matter. Oh, no, only black lives matter to them. But they don't matter much to them. Apparently, they don't matter much in Chicago because you know what? Black-on-black crime is where the most murders of black people come from, from other black people. So I guess black lives don't matter to them. But you see, black lives are supposed to matter to us, white folk out here. We're supposed to think, oh, black lives matter. Well, you know what? If it don't matter to you, why should it matter to me? But I still think, Everybody's life matters, including black lives. I don't think the police should be allowed to be out there shooting anybody. As a matter of fact, I think they should be disarmed. Give them all tasers. Now, and I realize you can kill people with tasers, too, but, you know, that's not what's supposed to happen. I mean, people have health things, and you hit somebody just in the right place, and they can die, and all this stuff, but... You shoot somebody, uh, you know, you're trying to kill them. You shoot them 50 times like the cops always do. Yeah, that was your purpose is to kill them. But a taser, hey, I don't care what your purpose is. You're going to have a tough time killing most people with a taser. Really, that I, honestly, I believe that. No, they should be disarmed and given tasers, pepper spray, billy clubs. That's it. They have shown themselves to be untrustworthy with firearms. He's been demoted to officer from detective during an internal investigation, said Chief James Craig, who informed the mayor. When we voice an opinion, contrary to the department's mission, the department's goals, that's a problem. So if you're a cop, you don't get to have your own opinion. Okay? Even on your off time, you don't get to have your own opinion. Social media can be our friend, but if you want to inject personal opinions, we will take quick and prompt action. What? But if you want to inject personal opinions, we will take quick and prompt action. That means we are going to come after you if you dare to have an opinion different from the police force. And companies do the same thing. It's like, hey, man, when I'm on my personal time, I'm allowed to think and say whatever I want. See, work is acting like, no, 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 see, you never go home. You're never off the clock. Well, you better start paying me 24 hours a day then. See, if I can't have my own opinion anymore because, oh, I'm, I work for you and I have to have your opinion all the time, well, then you better pay me 24 hours a day then. Because if you don't, you get eight hours a day or whatever my time here is every day, you know, that they you got to work. Now it's all part-time. But, hey, 
You get that amount of time. If you're paying me, fine. While I'm on the clock, I'll keep my differing opinions to myself. But not anymore, folks. Now they're coming for you after work, whenever, on your vacation. He said the department also is investigating online comments by a black police supervisor. He declined to elaborate. Well, of course, no. We named the other guy. We demote him, and we let tell everybody about it. But, oh, some black guy said something, too, but we're not saying who it is, and we're not going to do anything about it. Detroit, get this, Detroit is 80% black. You know... How's Detroit doing, folks? Huh? How is Detroit doing? I mean, look, this is not a racist comment, but people, and if they choose to group up, have to be held responsible for their own actions or inactions. If Detroit is 80% black, and Detroit is bankrupt, pumping poison, lead-infested water to its people. Well, that was Flint, I guess. But the place is falling apart. They're having to bulldoze whole neighborhoods because they can't afford the, you know, the light posts. Well, we have to start looking and go, well, wait a minute now. 80% black, you can't blame that on whitey. If 80% of your city is black and your city is a, a, is a sinkhole in civilization, you, you can't blame Whitey. 80%? you got to look at the 80% and say, what the hell is going on here? Well, you know what, black community, if you think it's cool to elect yourself some crack-smoking, you know, uh, whoremonger as your mayor, what do you expect? I mean, what do you expect? Well, they're black. We're black. Well, good. They don't know what they're doing. What do you expect to happen? Police union president Mark Diaz, who talked to Weekly, said officers are under pressure. He acknowledged the chief has the power to demote the detective. The union would represent weekly in any disciplinary phase if appropriate. I'm not going to comment on whether it was right or wrong, Diaz said on the online post. In a perfect world, we would contemplate the reality of what anybody says in public forum and how it affects others. Weekly's brother, Joseph Weekly, was leading a raid on a Detroit home in 2010 when he accidentally pulled the trigger and killed a seven-year-old girl. You know, now, I'm not, look, that's your brother did it, and, you know, nobody wants their family to go to prison, especially, you know, if it was an accident and all this stuff. But, you know, the thing is, these guys are supposed to be trained. And one of the problems in their training is they are taught that their lives are more important than anybody else's life. The most important thing going on here, and they tell them this, okay? 
The most important thing going on here is that you get home tonight. That's how they're trained. The most important thing is you get home tonight. Well, if that's the most important thing, when I kick in a door, I'm shooting everything I see. Because everything I see, because, you know, theoretically, I wouldn't be kicking in somebody's door fully armed unless they did something really, really bad and really, really dangerous, and they're really, really violent people. So if I kick in the door and I see I'm killing you, if I'm, if I'm trained that the most important thing in the world is for me to get home alive, you see, when you train people a certain way, they act a certain way. And then you go and, uh, and blame uh, that officer, that rotten, dirty officer. Well, that rotten, dirty officer was trained to do exactly what he did. Because they are taught the most important thing in the world is for them to get home alive. Not to protect the law. Not to uphold the law. Not to protect the citizens' rights. No, 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 no. For you to get home alive. So you walk in, your fingers uh, shaking, and you see a seven-year-old pop, and then you realize, oops, oh, well, it's okay. A judge dismissed a charge of involuntary manslaughter during a second trial. Yeah. Well, how is that not involuntary manslaughter? I mean, okay. Unless he went in the in there telling everybody, I'm killing somebody when I get in there. Then it's not really murder. And if it was an accident and he didn't mean to do it, it was involuntary. But it's still manslaughter. How is this not involuntary manslaughter? Why did it get dismissed? You see, if you would have done the same thing, you would go to jail probably for second-degree murder, not involuntary manslaughter. You know, these people, the, the cops are not, you know, clean here either. This is a bad situation, and it's just going to get worse, and that's kind of why I changed my, uh, my theme to what I did, because uh, that's where I feel we're closer to that. But... Where we're really close to Ad is taking a break. Actually, I'm over, so we'll take a break right now. Jump in, my baby showed up and said, I would tell you when. Well, I'm told on, I'm almost level with the ground. Oh, I feel like this when my baby can be found. I love you, baby, with all my heart and soul. A love like mine will never grow old. I love you in the morning and in the evening, too. But every time you leave me, I get mad with you. Well, I'm told out. I'm almost. 
A love like mine is out of sight. I lie for you if you want me to. I really don't believe your love is true. Well, I'm told out. I'm almost level with the ground. Oh, I feel like this when my baby can't be found. Oh, well, I'm told out. I'm almost level with the ground. Oh, well, I'm told out. I'm almost. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Monday, July 11, 2016, about 1245 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in. You can also go to the chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link over on the left-hand side or in the menu uh, display, whatever, you know, if you're on a mobile. And, hey, the chat room does work on a mobile. I uh, took my handy-dandy little uh, iPhone 4 and uh, used the Walmart free Wi-Fi, and show enough, it worked, and it was uh, a lot easier than the old uh, chat room. Now, I don't know, you guys that are, you know, texters, you just sit there and text away all day. I know there's lots of people that do, and uh, if you do, uh, well, the uh, chat room is as easy as anything you chat with. I still find you know, talking, you know, chatting on a mobile phone, difficult. Uh, but it's a lot easier than it was, okay? All right. Now, somebody in the chat room, speaking of which, said that I uh, heard on a big talk show that George Soros supposedly gave Black Lives Matter 33 million to organized protests. Well, I don't doubt that. And uh, I've heard, I've seen reports also with varying, you know, different numbers. Every every time I see it, it's got different numbers and different groups too. I mean, George Soros obviously he funded, uh, you know, uh, that Wall Street thing, uh, Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, he funded that. That was all his action. You know, he paid to have it catered, too. Hey, how many protests do you know that are catered with organic chicken and rice? That's nice, too. But, hey, homeless people were not allowed to have any of that. You're not a paid protester because this is a movie set, folks. Movie sets, you know, they provide food for the actors and the crew while they're, uh, you know, filming. That's what this is, folks. That's why it was catered. It's not catered. It's like a movie set. This is all just, you know, these are actors. And, yeah, they're doing it in real life, and the extras are really getting their heads bashed in and all that stuff. But you know what? It's not some grassroots organization. And I'm telling you, man, I still think somewhere paying people to protest is illegal. Oh, I okay, fine. If you're going to go out and get a permit, and you're going to say, okay, we're going to have a thousand people march through your town on this date, and they're going to carry signs, and you know we have a permit, and we're going to need a uh, you know traffic blocked off or whatever, and you do that, and it's peaceful. Fine, you can do whatever you want, man. I don't care if you're you know the Hitler party or your Black Lives Matter or whatever. Fine, you've got a right to walk down the street as long as you're not causing people a bunch of crap. You know, and I don't I don't go for the permit thing so much as permission in this case. This is a thing like, look, if you're going to bring a thousand people into a place, 
we're going to have to, you know, block off streets, and we're going to have to make detours, and we're going to have to do all this, or you're going to bring the place to a standstill, and we can't have that. You do not have the right to do that, all right, under normal circumstances. But we do have the right to self-preservation, and if closing down traffic is part of what you know, you got to do to preserve yourself, then you do have the right to do that. It's a fine line. But paying people to, you know, do these flash mob things, and that's really what it is, is, you know, this is like uh, undermining the United States government. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Now, people get together and they just decide, you know what, things are so bad, it doesn't matter, I don't have a job, you don't have to pay me, I'm coming to get these dirtbags because they got to go, because they're killing us all. Well, then that's different, in my view. But to have the rich just have the ability to go buy themselves a mob when they're not happy about something or they want something changed, to just go rent themselves a mob... Is And this guy isn't even an American. George Soros should be, you know, evicted from this country. He should actually be jailed. I would put him in prison myself. Actually, myself, I wouldn't even bother with prison. I would get rid of George Soros. Yeah. I wouldn't be wasting my time using the team, you know, SEAL team, whatever, on, uh, you know, guys who've been dead 10 years already. I'd be sending them after George Soros. Yeah. I'd be sending them after the Koch brothers, too. All of you guys would be, you'd be history. Yeah, you'd be a memory of what not to do. You'd think you don't like Donald Trump. Boy, you'd really like me. Speaking of Donald Trump, here comes more fear-mongering from the European Union. Oh, yeah, the European Union's trade chief. And we should listen to anybody from the European Union because they've been doing so wonderful. They have managed their place so greatly. It's just the European Union is the sparkling diamond of world trade and civilization, isn't it? Oh, wait, no, it isn't. It's failing. It's going bankrupt. It's only been around, what, less than 20 years, and it's already collapsing. Because it was a flawed idea, it's a stupid, unnatural system that will never, ever work. But they keep saying it will, because I watch Star Trek, and we're one united world, and that's a good idea. This is like their mentality. And listen, I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I like the Federation just fine. It's all nice. It's just good. It's a TV show for crying out loud. Do you know why the Federation works in Star Trek? Do you know why one big, happy, united world works in Star Trek? Because it's a TV show. That's why. It's a movie. That's why. Because in the movie, the writers decided to make all the people nice. All the people inherently good. Yeah, 
oh, well, guess what? Any system will work if everybody is inherently good. There's no greed. There's no envy. There's none of that, okay? But sorry, welcome to the real world. We have all those things in spades, okay? So none of that's going to work. Nothing will work except self-determination. Some of some people would say, well, survival of the fittest. Well, yeah, that is kind of it. See, the problem is, there was a time in America when if people did well, hey, I'm doing great. You know, I, I'm doing great. I got plenty of extra money, plenty of extra everything. You know, and I see people that aren't. So, you know what? I'm going to donate to my local church. Maybe I'll donate to a, a bunch of different churches, and they can feed those people and clothe them and help them out and get them up off the you know ground and maybe, you know. And uh, I'm going to use the rest of my money to build business. That's right. I'm going to build business. And I'm going to need people to work there. So you need to get these people cleaned up and ready to work because I'm creating jobs. That's how it used to be. But then the government said, oh, hey, listen there, buddy. You don't have to take care of these poor. You don't have to worry about, you know, them. Hey, churches, you know what? You don't have to worry about them anymore. You don't have to help the poor anymore because we'll do it. We'll just tax the hell out of everybody and we'll do it. We'll take care of the poor. Ooh, the churches said, good, that'll give us more time to do other things like build our ministry and we can build big auditoriums and we can build big high schools and we can build big TV networks and we can do all that. We can make big money and I can drive in, I, I can drive fancy cars and fly in private jets. Woohoo! You see, when you force people and that's what taxing people and helping the poor is. You're forcing people to help. When you do that, you create bitterness against the very people that you're helping. Because those people, some people don't want to help the poor. And the other thing is, some people are poor themselves, and they can't afford to help the poor, and they would rather have that tax money to help themselves. But nope. And then businesses, they don't give a dang about the poor anymore because, hey, it's all about making money. Now the government's got it covered, so all I have to do is make money. And if I have to, instead of creating jobs for these people... No. Now I'm looking for ways to get rid of jobs because they cost too much and I want to make more money. So maybe I'll buy me a few robots to replace all these people, huh? That's the new attitude. And it comes because the government has forced people to help. Well, we're, st we're stealing your money and we're going to say we're helping the poor. Well, we're really not helping the poor, but we say we are. And so you don't have to anymore. And even if you did, you can't afford to anymore. So the European Trade Union chief, trade chief, listen to this, described populist movements in the United States and elsewhere as, quote, a recipe for isolation and failure. <gasps> Ooh, 
we're scared. Oh. Where does she get isolation out of that? Huh? Where does she get isolation out of that? The United States has traded, even when we were considered an isolationist nation. You know, they call isolate. You're an isolationist. Why? Well, because I don't want to go and send our troops to get involved in someone else's war 10,000 miles away. Oh, you're an isolationist. What? That's insanity, folks. Isolation? Because of populist movements? This woman is an idiot. Uh, Cecilia Malstrom, the Commissioner for Trade, made the remarks before the EU's annual summit with China, where the two sides are expected to make progress on a major investment deal and discuss issues from steel overcapacity to China's island building in the South China Sea. By the way, they're not giving that up, folks. Asked by a student about the possibility that presidential candidate Donald Trump could become the United States' next leader, Malstrom said that populists coming to power around the world could lead to the closing of borders. Quote, the debate in the U.S. today, personified by candidate Trump, is one of strong criticism against globalization. Against trade. Oh, wait a minute. It's not against trade. It's against unfair trade. Okay? Nobody is against trade. But this hasn't worked. It's clear it hasn't worked. The effects, she says, of the global crisis have hit many people really, really hard. And what created this global crisis? I'll tell you what created the global crisis. A flawed foundation. These idiots, globalization doesn't work. And many populists around the world prey on these feelings, on these fears. Really? On these fears? She's talking isolation and... Listen, if populists come to power, that is a clear recipe for isolation, for failure, and for less prosperity. Really? Who's the fear-monger here? Well, I'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is Financial Survival. we got a full day. Stay right where you're at. Everything changes. Nothing goes on like it did before. I want to know. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. And today is Monday, July 11th, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Well, Melody. Well, another crazy day in the markets. And, of course, uh, I believe many of uh, Wall Street are returning from last week's uh, July 4th weekend. So maybe that's why we're seeing... uh, such positive numbers, but there are some reports we can go over. Let's first do the gold report. We have gold down $11 today at 1355 We have silver still up a penny at 20.37. Platinum was up four at 11.04, and we have palladium up seven at 628 The USDX today was slightly higher. at 96.53. Crude oil was down 
93 at 44.48. And the paper markets today, the Dow was up 80 points at 18,226. The NASDAQ was up 31 points at 49.88. The S&P was up 7 at 21.37. 10-year yield, that popped a little bit, 0.07 at 1.43%. Uh, there's no more worries about what's going on in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's just really kind of funny. Uh, Euro is 111 up 0. 0.05. And, of course, uh, you know, the stimulus is, uh, again, um, being injected into the Japan. So that was up almost 4% overnight. And what's interesting, now about Japan, and I don't know if you can remember to ask uh, Corbett to come to, um, this Thursday, but I saw where the Prime Minister of Japan, they want to rewrite their constitution. I don't know if you've talked to them about this previously, and I, I find that interesting because it will be the first time there's been changes since, uh, you know, after the war, shortly after the war, and uh, um, he, he's still pumping in all kinds of stimulus. So um, I'd kind of be interested to, to hear what his comments might not well, mean you know anything what the at major all. Your point is, so far as I know, in changing the yeah, Japanese they're breaking away from the U.S., well, not exactly. Uh, well, the U.S. is a big part of that, but what? Well, the point is, the U.S. is perhaps telling, "Look, we can't, we can't continue, we can't afford to continue providing your defense." Yeah. Yep. Japan guaranteed they signed a constitution that essentially said mm -hmm. they would be a pacifist nation and they would not be involved in their their military would be right. minimized. Well, now they're getting to a point where they've got China next door. That's right. And the United States is losing its capacity to they don't think they can rely on us to defend them and the united states may have told them look we can't afford this anymore so they have to change their constitution mm -hmm. in order to generate a more militaristic uh, government mm -hmm. oh. so i found that interesting so uh, I, i'd like to hear his comments on you know has it changed with the, the the you know what what do they think inside and, and and so forth but there's a lot of stuff going on in in those seas over there in the south china sea so you know it's kind of interesting and this is something i intend to ask james about corbett when i talk to him for this next week uh, or this week for the interview you know we sit back from this side and we have been essentially taught and conditioned to think of china as this massive you know, population, billion people, and the rest of that sort of thing, and it's a monster. And we, and little little Japan sits off to the side, as if, and you kind of think of it subjectively as, you think of Japan as being well relatively weak. But the truth is, Japan was the number two economy in the world. Mm -hmm. Now China's the number two economy, and Japan is number three. But it is number three. I mean, it's not, the point I'm trying to make is if push came to shove between Japan and China, it's not an automatic that China's going to just steamroll over Japan, particularly if Japan gets its hands on any nuclear weapons. All right, under those circumstances, I think China's stymied in terms of just, it isn't going to be able to easily bully Japan, and that may be, that's what, that's what Japan wants right now. Uh, but none, my point, nevertheless, is number two economy versus number three economy. This is really a toss-up. Push comes to shove. It's not Japan's not the weak sister on this. So 
I'll talk to James about it and see what his opinion is on that when I interview him this week. And uh, But I did find that, yeah. And, and again, that's all part of uh, having that Constitution rewritten. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a big deal, well, I, you know, to... And we have all these, uh, you know, trade agreements and so forth. So it's like you see all these changes that are going to be happening in the very near future. And um, there was, um, well, let's talk to the changes to the markets today. Yeah, the S&P rallied, uh, you know, surpassing the previous all-time record back set back in May of 2015. And, of course, you know, everyone is still cheering that blockbuster June jobs report. <laughs> If you believe it, uh, obviously the markets did at least for two days, and um, uh, so you had the Dow soaring those high points on Friday. The Dow is about a hundred points away from its all-time high. Uh, the Nasdaq is still about five percent uh, away from its all-time high, and uh, but you know you've got the uh, earnings that are about to begin. And uh, for the markets to go any higher, and I don't think you're going to have good earnings coming out, uh, particularly because of the, uh, you know, the strength in the dollar. And uh, um, so, you know, well, you know, that's if you're following the market. Well, it depends. So it depends, Melody. You know, we got this Orson Welles effect going on here. It's kind of like, you know, what I'm. I think Orson Welles. He he's the one who taught government how to falsify your information broadcast it over the radio when he did, what was it, uh, the invasion from Mars. I can't remember the uh, the title of the H.G. Wells. Mm -hmm. uh, and he did that, and people were, oh, my God, the whole country was, was panicking because Orson Welles was doing this fictional report. And I think the politicians must have sat back and said, holy cow. Orson Welles can do that, talking about space aliens. What can we do with economic numbers? So in any case, we've got the Orson Welles effect going on here. And I thought, I mean, my God, have we really gone from, what, 16,000 jobs? Well, I'll tell you what. To 280,000 in one month? H.G. Wells wrote some fascinating books, and I didn't know he was writing you know, like in the in the mid-teens. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a lot about wars, and he wrote about he wrote a book about um, you know these these explosions that'll take place that will be blue and so forth. And basically, uh, a lot of his writings was really teamed to the atomic bomb and, and the naming and so. Forth. I mean, he was writing all about this back in nineteen, I think it was fourteen, and I had no idea that he wrote books. I was one that I hadn't heard of, and you know. So, I mean, that the guy is really is fascinating. Well, not only that, when you read some of his when you read some of his work, it's like, and Brave New World is another one by Aldous Huxley. These people were at the foundation of what we now call the New World Order. They understood what was wanted. Um, I don't know that Huxley was was a contributor exactly to the New World Order idea, but he certainly understood about it. And, and Wells, I think he was one of the proponents for the New World Order. I don't mean one of two or three, one of 50 or 100, I'm not sure. But this, what we, what we talk about today is the New World Order. This was being laid, the foundation for this was being laid a century ago in England and uh, presumably the United States, but I think England was the center of it at the time, and now the United States is. So. 
And, you know, it's interesting because I was just reading a book. It's the Girls of Atomic City. It's about the women who helped win World War II, about them, you know, putting together the, you know, the, the bomb and so forth. And and, and they mention H.G. Well, that's, I, that's what led me. But also the Bohemian Grove was into play. The Bohemian Grove, that group helped, was involved. And it's like... I didn't know Involved that. In what? Involved in, in what? Well, I don't want to go into the book today <laughs> as far as, uh, um, you know, how these women and, you know, you know, in, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, um, a lot of that property, but the Bohemian Grove uh, participants, uh, they were all members of the Bohemian Grove, uh, helped bring a lot of that land um, to the government so that they could, you know, complete the you know, the Manhattan Project. So You're talking about mm-hmm. down in Oak Ridge, Tennessee? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was interesting because, you know, we've all seen the videos of Bohemian Grove, but it, this is deep. Yeah. I mean, in the, you know, these connections and these roots are deep. Yeah. And, you know, the more you read and, and, you know, and I never, you know, when I was, uh, I, I'm in a book club and this was one of the books and <laughs> I didn't think you'd, yeah, I'd be reading about H.G. Wells and and the Bohemian Grove in in this book, but and you know, then you do a little more investigation and and uh, so you can read about all kinds of crazy things. On but the, the connections is what's it's fascinating because no, again, we think about the you know the New World Order, the depths of it, the you know, and yeah, if you believe in the spiritual battle, this is the evil side of it, and uh, you know, you, they and their patience. We have a hard time today understanding what we know. How can it continue? But yet, when you look at the time, uh, they're they're very patient. They they plant the seeds. They grow. And that's part of the reason why I look at this as spiritual warfare. Because if you just take your rank and file gangster, all right, who wants world power and the rest of that sort of thing, he's just in it for the money and the women and whatever, a newer car, newer, faster car, and the rest of that. He's just worried about himself. He doesn't set forth a movement that can last for centuries, certainly not for generations. Whatever's going on here with this new world order, they are motivated by something that lasts over time. It's not just ordinary greed and ordinary ambition. This is something else, a motivation that lasts over time. And from my perspective, it has to be something spiritual because nothing else really stands up. Um, you know, yeah. we talked a little about this yes, or on Friday. We're talking about the idea that people need to pay attention to history. You really do need to understand history so you can connect the dots. If you look back and you see this is what H.G. Wells was talking about a century ago, and then you look at what they're talking about today and you connect those two dots, you get a line that tells you where we're likely to be headed. You know, where where are we going to be a year from now, a decade from now, 20 years from now? Where are we going to be? You can anticipate that if you have some sense of history. On the other hand, if you have no sense of history and everything is just happening now, and you don't see it in the context, the larger context of the past century, the past thousand years, whatever, if you can't see those things, and none of us see them perfectly, I certainly don't, but to the extent that you can... (laughs) 
you can anticipate what's coming your way. And you know what's interesting, though, too, Al? The books written 100 years ago, 80 years ago. I mean, today, people write books. They're a dime a dozen. You know, they, they slap in their opinions. You know, they write, you know, 100, 200 pages, you know, and, and you know, everybody says the same thing. There's really, truly no great insight to any of these books. Again, they're a dime a dozen. A hundred years from now, there might be one or two that will be, that will look at H.G. Wells and, and think, well, you know, maybe they had something, um, you know, that was important. But, uh, um, Everybody's so, a writer today. Mike. Everybody's a writer today. Like I said, and you can write to your the opinion. Internet, we all have blogs and we all have websites. Spell check. And and all, <laughs> all expressing our opinions. Of but the, my point everybody's was the books, the books that were written then compared to now, they meant, I mean, there was incredible information and knowledge in those books um, because they were true insiders and, you know, and, and books see, weren't a dime a dozen. You know, the books that are worth something today are not the kind of books that we were used to seeing historically. The books that really will stand the test of time or perhaps stand the test of time, maybe they're the books on technology. When you come up with books that explain the architecture for computers, for example, the architecture for the Internet, how people hack into computers, there's all sorts of extraordinary things that are happening in technology, and they're not happening in philosophy, per se. They're not happening in politics, per se. We have people that are pushing and shoving and maybe getting more violent, but there's not new ideas I'm aware of in politics, all right, not new ideas that at least I'm aware of in philosophy, but there are some extraordinary ideas that are taking place in physics and uh, maybe mathematics, and maybe that's where the books that are going to stand the test of time, they can look back to the year 2016 and say, oh, look at that. There's a book on computers or there's a book on mathematics or something. Uh, it certainly won't be a romance novel. We're not going to see the world succumb to the romance novels that were written in 2016, or at least I don't think we will. Hmm. Hmm. Um, before the end of the, the program, I just want to get to this little report uh, about U.S. consumer borrowing that picked up in May. More student loans, more auto loans, and uh, and always, uh, these reports just kind of crack me up, but the important part of this is um, outstanding consumer credit, the measure of non-mortgage debt, rose by seasonally adjusted $8.56 billion in May from the prior month. Uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, this report actually came out on Friday. The 6.18% seasonally adjusted annual growth rate is an acceleration from April. The, which was 4.48, so it's like, wow, you know, consumer spending is up 2%. However, it was slower than March's high for the year, which was 9.92, almost 10%. So there you have a 4% reduction uh, since March. So <laughs> That never would have affected Orson Welles' melody. <laughs> they can stop Mars, and the Martians are landing. They give us and they take us, you know. But, you know, most people don't even go any further than looking at the headline that it shows increased at 6.8%. Oh, you know, that's why the stock markets are high. But uh, there is a warning coming out with the lenders and credit rating firms about the quality of debt on the credit cards, loans, and student loans. It's weakening on the largest U.S. insurer issuer of retail store credit cards increased its forecast for credit losses over the next year, saying some customers were failing to catch up on overdue payments. So again, you know, here we go down the same path again. They want today, and they have no money. 
So they'll go out and spend and... Um, and the government will celebrate so long as you're creating more debt instruments. That's from, but the problem is when it, this is the same thing that triggered the Great Recession of 2008. People got into subprime debt. The subprime mortgages were included in the collateralized debt obligations. Those bonds, when they couldn't pay on the mortgages, the bonds collapsed, and we nearly had a global depression. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Let th- just let me just throw this in, then we, we can go into a different topic. Uh, this, so the, for credit cards, what? We're going to commercials. For credit cards, it was the, the highest level since mid-2009. What was the highest level? The number of credit cards. Revolving credit outstanding. Okay. So again, we're back to the recession. That means we're taking a break, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom, and we'll be right back. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Programs brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at one eight hundred. 375-4188. What's next, Molly? We're going to continue with a special from Friday 20 on American Silver Eagles, one, dated 2016. A one-half ounce American Gold Eagle and a free Silver Eagle. So basically, you're getting 21 ounces of silver and a one-half ounce American Gold Eagle. It includes all your shipping costs and insurance for $1,225. Um, call us at 1-800-375-4188. Make sure you visit our website at dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. China... Oh, oh, go ahead. Excuse me. What were you going to say? Nothing. Okay. I wasn't going to say anything at all. Well, I find Don't that me. hard, I find that hard to believe, Al. I, <laughs> I just want to do the China is hosting the G20 this year for the first time since it became a uh, summit-level forum. You have finance ministers that met uh, this weekend, I believe, and central bankers. They're going. The finance ministers and central bankers are going to meet uh, July 23rd and 24th in China. This weekend, you had trade ministers that met. And, um, you know, they're coming out with a warning that uh, about the world's global economy is going to be about 15% sluggish. The trade is going to be sluggish for um, this next year. So um, they're looking at the global economic situation as grim. And uh, certainly the major economies are having the big problems. Uh, they're encouraging more stimulus. And... Um, <laughs> And I think if they come out and say that there's suggesting a 15% decline, I would have to equate that to probably of a 30% decline because they're not they're going to be on the softer side of things. And uh, the G20 opposes protectionism and supports establishing new investment principles. Well, of course they oppose it, protectionism. You can't have global markets and a global economy. This means they are owned and operated by the globalist Mm -hmm. corporations who want to be able to sell their stuff wherever they can and build it wherever they can. And uh, and the result is they'll just impoverish people. That's what's really going to happen. But they did mention structural problems, and that's what we talk often on this program, is it's the structural problems of these economies that, you know, you can throw as much money to them as you want. You know what I think they mean when they say structural problems? What's that, Al? I think they're telling us there's something's going on here and we don't have enough power to fix it. it. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, we'll say this is a structural problem. See, huh. it's not the fault of the government, it's not or us, globalists or whatever. This is structural. See, but they do well, have. I think, the... I think it's revealing. I think it indicates that they're in over their head, at least in some regards, and they're saying, "I don't know what to do. You know, we can't handle it. Not my, not my fault." So I thought that was interesting. We'll have to see if anything comes out of the G20 meeting come July 23rd and 24th. Highly unlikely, but... Gives them a chance to get out of the house, you know? Yeah. Get out of the office, take a trip to China. Yeah. What the heck? Eat some dog, cat. <laughs> it's but... the last place on earth I'd want to... But anyway, <clears throat> next. Uh, we've got an article here from CNBC entitled Goldman Sachs. Neither stocks nor bonds look good right now. Now, this is an interesting article because we have the markets hitting record highs or approaching record highs. They're way overpriced. Okay. And here's Goldman Sachs and say, no, wait a second. Don't get too excited about this. They say both stocks and bonds looked expensive. 
mm-hmm. after rallying together, and we're now vulnerable to a quick sell-off, Goldman Sachs said. The market had increasingly treated uh, the risks from the U.K. vote to uh, the Brexit vote uh, to exit from the European Union as a negative local economic growth shock affecting mainly Britain and Europe, but one that has that's likely to drive global central banks to ease further, according to Global Goldman. Bonds could sell off sharply as a result of central bank disappointment, positive inflation, and data surprises, and or illiquidity. But their point is, look, bonds are, like they could be, you could be, if you want to invest in bonds, would take a loss pretty quick. At the same time, they go on, they say, at the same time, equities could sell off owing to negative growth surprises and with yields at all-time lows. Bonds are unlikely to be good hedges. This leads to a lack of diversification and higher portfolio risk at a time when return potential is already limited. You can't get much on your investment, all right? Percent or two if you're lucky. Um, uh, they, 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 this was one of the reasons for the investment banks to go overweight cash, meaning they're going to they're, they're not going to invest in stocks. They're not going to invest in bonds. They're going to stack up dollar bills in the vault. That's essentially what they're saying in its allocation views, recommending that investors hold a diversified portfolio of currencies. Now, I look at that. You know, Goldman Sachs, they don't know what they're talking about, but they're talking about fiat currencies. All right? Confederate dollars are a fiat currency. I don't know if, they, if they're recommending that my diversified portfolio of fiat currencies include fiat Confederate dollars, but in a lot of respects, what's the difference between Confederate money and U.S. dollars or euros or whatever other fiat currency you want to point to? They're all headed in the same direction. And then the punchline. Goldman Sachs also advised holding some gold to reduce portfolio risk. That just struck me as surprising. One of the things that I did not, I just didn't expect to see this, where Goldman Sachs was coming out, they were kind of an enemy of gold. But people who sell stocks, they sell bonds, they're saying, no, no, stay away from stocks and bonds, but you could get some gold to reduce portfolio risk. Well, I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. That tells me that Goldman Sachs customers are requesting gold. Probably. So, so they now it's want telling to... us it's an idea whose time has come. And uh, unfortunately, what they'll do is they'll slam them in GLD. Um, they'll slam them into the ETFs instead well, of physical gold. So, well, he didn't it, say, they didn't well, say physical gold in the article, but I think that's... Regardless, I don't care if they say physical gold. Well, I'm just saying that's what they'll people do. People will learn. Buy I mean, paper gold. You're going to learn that you want physical gold before this is over. But, I mean, that's what they, um, to me, uh, that's why the ETFs were created, so Wall Street would have gold to sell that they could make some money on and control it. You know, they got tired of their customers uh, pulling out money and, and putting into mining shares and gold. People want to know why, you know, sometimes gold in the mining shares will have a hard time getting, you know, getting off the, the bottom. And I think that's because we had another, I mean, look how many billions of dollars are in the GLD. Um, it watered down the other two markets. It watered down the, the coin market and it watered down the mining shares. So, um, but that's why, why, that's why those in my view, they were created. They help manipulate the price. It helps control money. They get to control it. They still make commissions on it. 
Uh, Wall Street is greedy. They don't want you to hold physical gold and not trade with them anymore so they can make a profit. And that's what it's all about, folks. They don't they're not concerned about, you know, they have to, you know, make sure you have some sort of return every now and then just so you stay with them. But for the most part, they really don't care. It's all about, you know, how much they can make and, uh, you know, make sure that they uh, keep those markets flowing along with the U.S. government and every other central bank in the world. Did you but, ever see the movie The Great, the Big Short? No. You really ought to, and as it turns out, it's available on the Internet right now. I doubt if it's going to be available for long because it's a 2015 movie, and somebody apparently pirated it and stuck it up on the Internet. You can find it on YouTube, The Big Short. It's two and a half hours anyway, maybe close to three. I don't recall clearly. But it's really a wonderful, wonderful motion picture. Great film, in my opinion. It's not for everybody. A lot of people aren't going to understand it. There'll be, it's, it's, there's no car chases, nobody getting shot and rest this sort of thing. It's just the story of what happened back around 2006, 2007, 2008, when we got into the Great Recession. And it explains, it's a very educational film. It explains the, the relationship between the subprime mortgages and the collateralized debt obligations, the bonds that were backed by these mortgages, and how one thing led to another. And what's really amazing is it explains how stupid everybody was on Wall Street. A handful of people realized what was going on, and what was happening is they started selling these collateralized mortgage bonds, these bonds that were composed of, who knows, the bond might be composed of a thousand mortgages. All right, I don't know what the numbers are. And when they first started out with that, those, those, all of those mortgages were basically triple A. Mm-hmm. Right? And therefore, the CDOs, the, the collateralized debt obligations, these bonds, they were triple A. But over time, these things became established, and the big banks started stuffing, hiding. They had some bad mortgages. They had subprime mortgages. They said, we can just bury them in these things. We bury them in the CDOs. Nobody reads them. They got a thousand different mortgages in there. Who reads them? Well, one guy finally did. And he realized, and he was a bit of an oddball, but he read through all these mortgages, and he realized, my God, most of these things are subprime. These things are not AAA rated bonds. And therefore, he decided to short the the CDOs, and uh, one thing led to another, and we had the problem. But he could see that they were bad. They were, they were being fall. They're being, they're being sold by everybody who was making a fabulous amount of money, and no one knew what they were selling. It was a little bit like the tulip mania in mm-hmm. in, in the, the Dutch experience back in the 1600s. They were just they went nuts. They were selling single bulbs. Tulip bulbs were selling for enough money to buy a new home. The whole thing was crazy. This was the same thing with the CDOs. They were selling packages that no one looked inside to see what's in there. And everybody just kept on selling and selling and selling. Well, in any case, the big short, for those of you that are, you know, if you're interested, you can find the movie on uh, on YouTube right now. You can go to YouTube, search 
the big short, and it was there at least as of last night, and I saw it, and I don't know how long it's going to stick around, but I recommend if you haven't seen it, it's really an educational film. It really gives you an insight how mismanaged these markets really are. It's not just a bunch of villains up there that are calculating how to destroy the world or take over the world or steal all your money. It's mainly a bunch of idiots, right, strutting around in expensive suits and telling everybody how smart they are when they don't even know what they're selling. So, good movie, The Big Short. Folks, get an opportunity, take a look. It has. Uh, it was on demand, Infinity Demand, Comcast. Mm-hmm. Um been wanting to watch it just haven't had a chance to but just one more recap on the about the the stocks you have the S&P 500 that's trading at uh, over 17 times forward earnings Mm -hmm. estimates and that's the highest levels of the past seven years so again we're going right back you know to the what's that telling you one of the implications is if the stocks are at the highest level they've been it means you got to ask yourself does that mean they're going higher a lot of people are going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Or does it mean they're in for a significant correction? And nobody, I can't tell you what, what the answer to that question is, but more than likely we're headed for a correction rather than a new bull market that's going to take us to 19,000 and 20,000 20, above on the, on the Dow Jones. We're likely to see... I don't know, who knows, 13,000, 10,000. We'll probably see 10,000 on the Dow Jones before we see 20,000. Yeah, and the Dow and gold will cross. I can remember getting into the business, gold gold prices and the Dow Jones would cross at 3,000. Well, that's that's been upped. <laughs> I think so, too. It'd be between 5,000 and I think 10,000. I, I think you're going to see the Dow drop to 10. From this level, I think you'll see the Dow drop to 10. Could go lower, um, but definitely you'll see gold and Dow cross, I believe, at, at 10. But but uh, so. So let's hope the good Lord's paying attention to humility, and let's hope that happens. Well, I pay attention to him, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I certainly do. All right, we are caught in the midst of a serious radio problem here. I know we have a minute. 55 seconds. Well, Janet Yellen, I think we talked about this uh, not too long ago. She also warned about how pricey stocks were. And um, so, you know, you hear comments about 20,000, the Dow will get there. And and there's much greater potential of it dropping than it going higher. And if it reaches that level, so be it. It only makes the drop a lot harder for a lot of people. It'll be far more devastating, so it'll drop. Now the lesson in all of this, again, Goldman Sachs is advocating that people buy gold. All right, that was something like pulling teeth, I would imagine, for Goldman Sachs. That would be an argument that they should have made, who knows, six months, a year, two years ago, five years ago, I don't know. From day one, everybody should have some gold in their portfolio. I understand, it's but just insofar they need to have more now. They've been forced to do it. It just indicates the times are perilous and gold is a good hedge against that peril let's take a break for some commercials melody and i will be back on financial survival in just a moment please stay tuned
If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's dot thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Folks, I'm Alfred Adeski with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Who's our guest tomorrow, Melody? Well, tomorrow is Doug Noland. He was in the market for 25 years, um, and he really has some great uh, commentary that he writes. You can go to his website at creditbubblebulletin.com. Um, That's creditbubblebulletin.com. And uh, he will be our guest tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to it. And I just want to encourage all the listeners to make sure they tune in. Okay. What's next? It's up to you, Al. I've got an article here from CNBC. This just builds on another point. We already talked about Goldman Sachs recommending you buy some gold. Here's an article from CNBC to Infinity and Beyond, why a trader argues gold has unlimited upside. That's the headline. Gold just posted its longest weekly winning streak since July 2011. But if investors missed out on the recent rally, fear not. One trader says the commodity has unlimited upside, and investors have the Federal Reserve to thank for it. His argument is essentially that because the Federal Reserve has not raised interest rates, but they seem to be just dilly-dallying around, it's one of the reasons that the that the price of gold is going up. It says gold prices have rallied 28% so far in 2016, hitting a two-year high earlier this last week. Uh, his name, this guy's name is Colvin, um, Tom Colvin. 
His bullish expectations for bullion. His near-term target for precious metal is fourteen hundred dollars. That doesn't strike me as anything astonishing. We're thirteen fifty right now, or thereabouts. Um, I don't see that fourteen hundred is such an astonishing prediction. But gold has not been above that level in three years, hmm? which is you know, blah blah blah. I'm recovering from. But it was a difficult time, a difficult correction in the gold market. The market can take good news and bad news, Colvin said. Uh, a confused Fed, Federal Reserve, however, saying one thing but doing another over and over invites buyers of gold to jump into the pool with both feet, and they have. Furthermore, most of Colvin says a top-heavy equity market. The standard in Poor's 500 is within a hair of its all-time high should continue to invite investors to buy gold as a hedge, and that's as a hedge against the possibility of a significant correction in the in the equities market and maybe even in the bond market. So we'll watch and see, but again, this is this is another one of those leaves in the breeze that's telling us that maybe gold has finally become an is an idea whose time has come. Right? And CNBC is talking about it, Goldman Sachs is talking about it. You know, it may be, finally, you know, where public sentiment and a trend is, is building and a momentum is building that may not be easily diminished in the near future. It's just one more, it's not proof, but it's one more evidence that uh, wouldn't be a bad idea to get some gold. What else, Melody? Well, I just wanted to bring up a little bit about uh, uh, Britain. Um, they have the next prime minister. It's going to be the Home Secretary, Theresa May. Um, her last rival unexpectedly dropped out of the race on Monday. So another one that unexpectedly dropped out that, was, uh, that supported the exit. Uh, Theresa May uh, supported the, the Remain. Um, Cameron is uh, set to speak with the Queen on Wednesday and uh, offer his resignation. So this all should take effect uh, this week. Um, She's 59 years old. Uh, She'll become the second female prime minister after Margaret Thatcher. And, um, you know, it's interesting because we've had so many of those um, that were leading to replace Cameron were for the exit and they all suddenly just pulled out of the race. Uh, now you have someone that uh, was a in the Remain campaign and she's replacing Cameron. So it's kind of like what is really changing to that country. It's going to, you know, it's 43 years of uh, political and economic ties to the European Union. And, uh, but yet still the, the political views or the political the politician is is sort of along the same path so well what's interesting okay. about it is if you have a new prime minister that favored remain yes the one that's going he also favored remain but regardless uh brexit has 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 been voted on it's been voted for it's been approved by the people and it's interesting that they don't put someone in as prime minister who is in favor of Brexit. Everyone acts. The fundamental every, reality, they ought to be doing that right now, or you would think that. Instead, and every one of does them it mean they're going to back out? Are they going to back out of Brexit? They did. Well, I don't think they'll back out of Brexit, 
but I do believe those that were that supported the key leaders that were for Brexit, they all backed out unexpectedly. And that, that's what I was saying all along. It's like, well, <laughs> how's that work? I mean, here you had Boris Johnson. He was the shoo-in. Well, well he quit unexpectedly. He was, there was three or four of them, and they backed out unexpectedly. Today, the other woman misleads them. She backed the Brexit campaign, campaign and uh, now she's backing out unexpectedly. So it's interesting to see how many unexpectedly uh, ones that have dropped out. So, yeah, and you're right now. It's, it's, you know, where is the change? Now, of course, this, this, uh, uh, this new lady, um, she said that she's going to uh, respect the will of the voters and, and do what the voters wanted her, want them to do, but... <laughs> You know. Yeah, but you know what? That, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're gonna do what the vote, whatever the yeah, vote, whatever the voters say, you know what, what we're gonna do. But yeah. if the voters <laughs> change their mind six months from now, and if we can create circumstances to cause the voters to have second thoughts, are we gonna respect their new and improved opinion six months from now? If they say no, wait a second, let's remain. You know, who knows? It's one of those things you look at it. And I'm so used to not believing anything politicians yeah. say that if someone tells me it's noon and the sun is up high in the sky, if it's a politician, I'm I don't know, I'm just naturally going to say, oh, that's 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 almost certainly a bunch of crapola, um, even though maybe it's true. You get so cynical about some of this stuff, mm-hmm. and you can't help it because we get fed a diet, a steady diet of lies on lies on lies, and you become cynical, jaded, skeptical, wary, sensible, objective, all right, realistic. Oh, they're talking. They're lying to us again, Melody. How many jobs did they create? (laughs) But anyway, I think that's interesting. And uh, um, so we'll see. And, um, you know, whether they actually leave or not remains to be seen, but. Yeah, it may be the world comes to an end before they have time to leave. It would be a shame after all this fuss. You know, the thing about Brexit, as one person pointed out, everybody's all excited about Brexit. All that's actually happened is some people took a vote and 52% favored leaving. And in theory, it's going to take two years to negotiate the departure. Nothing has happened, and yet the world is going nuts. I'm talking about Brexit, 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 Brexit. It's caused this, it's caused that. Some people are grateful, some people are angry about it. All they did, this is equivalent to something like a grandiose telephone poll. It took off. Well, sir, are you in favor of leaving or staying within the European Union? Ma'am, are you in favor? They do a poll, get 52 to 48%. Now what? Shall the world fall apart? And yet that's, in some regards, that what, that's what seems to be happening. We're having a very strange and what strikes me as an overreaction to Brexit. I don't think it's 
the, the, the reaction, it could be an overreaction, but I still believe that this is a very big deal. I mean, you're changing something different over 43 years. And when we know that the whole world is basically being glued together by confidence, that has a lot to do with confidence and with their economic ties to the European Union. So I do believe, I mean, they were never connected uh, through the, from the, the euro, but uh, 43 years is a long time. And so I do believe there is impacts. And I do believe that a lot of these other countries, and I think they will look back as saying that this, that the Brexit really was the unraveling uh, of, of, uh, of maybe just Europe, maybe just of Europe. Now, I don't think that is happening today. I don't think you're going to see the big impacts tomorrow. I don't think you're going to see the big impacts next week. But I do believe in the very near future, you're going to see the impact of Brexit. And I think it is a big deal. I, I think, think it's a big deal moment. that the people uh, voted, and you're going to see that momentum travel around the world. Oh, it's and moving around the world. That's, there's the problem. There's, there's what's happening. That's, but yeah. it's not because of Brexit, in my opinion. Again, I just look at this. I see this as the canary in the coal mine. It's signaling, and they're saying, oh, my God, the canary is going to finish us all off. We're going to be hunted down by the canary, and it'll kill us all. No, it won't. It's just a little canary. The canary keeled over, and everybody's panicking because the canary keeled over, but the canary didn't cause the gas in the coal mine, and it didn't cause the miners to run like heck to get out of the coal mine. Well, it's I do- just a little signal. It's an indicator at most of a sentiment that's perhaps building around the world. Well, I think you're having that sentiment that's building around the world, but I also believe that this is the straw that broke the camel's back. I, when you look at the condition of the other European nations, uh, when you look at when you look at see what's happening in Italy, even their prime minister came out and said, hey, yeah, we're in really bad shape. Our banks are failing, but we're not even half as bad as what the derivative markets are over here. I mean, that's what you have to be scared about. And again, it's all being glued together by that confidence. You can separate the two and look at it as a movement of the people and so forth, but you can also look at it as the financial, the, you know, their, their systems, their financial systems. It, it, I mean, if they're ready to, you know, they're ready to collapse as it is. Mm-hmm. So, well, again, you know, this is you a might function be able to look at, I think you have to look, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, and Brexit has given us a glimpse of what may be a kind of global awareness that something is wrong. There's a problem with globalism. You know, globalism works fine as long as everybody's making money. But nobody wants globalism when we are in or near something like an economic depression. And although that may not be apparent in the war in the United States, it is in the world. If you can believe the Baltic Dry Index, again, it's fallen. The index has fallen from 12,000 a couple of years ago to below 500. When Melody was talking earlier about one of the people, uh, one of the analysts talking about the economy, and they thought it was going to be sluggish for a while. G20. If the global, or excuse me, if the Baltic Dry Index is any indication, you could double the amount of global traffic that's to cargo, movement of double the amount of cargo that's being moved globally right now in ships, and it still wouldn't make a significant difference. This is going to be you could you could increase it by a factor of ten from five hundred to five to from uh, from five hundred well not to five, yeah to five thousand, and you'd still be only be less than half of what it was back a few years ago. 
It is sluggish. It is slow. Global economy, if you can believe the Baltic Dry Index, we are in a depression on a global basis. What are they going to do about it? Anybody got a solution? And it seems almost certain that although the United States has not yet succumbed in an obvious way to that global depression, seems almost certain that we're going to. I don't see how we're going to beat it. We may be the last one to fall into that hole, but you can. it seems highly likely that that's where we're headed. So we'll watch and see. But it is not a time to sit back and simply say, oh, yeah, happy days are here again. No, they are probably not. Can you imagine? You have Angela Merkel. <laughs> you have this woman in Britain. And what if Hillary gets elected? Mm. You, you, you know, one of the three things I had women. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my. Uh, you know when they elect I women that to run the happen. country, Melody? Pardon? You know when they typically elect women to run the country? It's when they're so deep. They, are, they have screwed they things escape. up so badly. Escape, the men finally say, I'll let a woman try it. I don't know. She can't make it much worse. <laughs> you know, that's when they give women a shot at this. But if it's running right, the men keep control. Well, when it's when it's failing, that's when women are able to step up. Um, well, and if that were true, we're in there to save the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're in there to save the uh, dirty job, comes. but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, here she comes to save the day. <laughs> mighty anyway, mouse. yeah, <laughs> Minnie Mouse, Mighty Mouse, Mighty Minnie Mouse. Um, where are we? Got thirty seconds to go, Melody. for our special today, $1,225 for a half ounce American Gold Eagle and 20 American Silver Eagles, a free Silver Eagle, all your insurance and shipping for $1,225. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. I hope you'll tune in at that time. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? 
Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at landset.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now.
Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men, America's best One hundred men We'll test today, but only three when the Green Beret trained to live off nature's land, trained in combat hand to hand. All right, everybody, you're listening to American Voice Radio, and it's time for Freedom Call. And so, uh, what we want you to do is stay exactly where you are and uh, just listen in. And for one hour, I'm going to uh, open your minds to things that I think are going to matter in the future. And as America wakes up, you're going to want to understand more about what do we do and how do we do it. And then when that uh, idea comes to you and you suddenly decide and recognize that, hey, it takes uh, more than just uh, uh, laying in the horizontal and the dying cockroach, praying for God to beam you up, it is uh, going to take your participation. Your congressional leaders, for example, you got two senators and a representative. Now, they are elected, but they depend on you so that they will know what your opinions are and how they vote. They really do. They want to know what constituents believe. And so you need to call them. You need to uh, write to them. You can email them. You can fax them. I usually try to use a fax. Since that's a hard copy and it goes in, email, it's too easy for it to get lost in the you know, electronic abyss. And uh, calling, you may not talk to the member, and the problem is the receptionist uh, can easily uh, get your message wrong, fail to uh, send it to the member, so... Uh, Fax is still an excellent means of communication. Going by the office, because if your elected representatives have offices uh, near to you, the nearest me is Las Vegas, 50 miles away, but still I can go see uh, Senator Reed's uh, chief of staff in the Las Vegas office. And uh, uh, it's very important, but what do you, what matters most right now, and how do you take care of it? Well, I had mentioned several times OPEC, and uh, it kind of uh, occurred to me, uh, some, a lot of people may not understand. I was getting a haircut uh, here uh, just a couple of days ago, 
And uh, when I uh, mentioned OPEC, uh, the a haircut person said, uh, what is that, Bo? And once I began to explain it, then all of a sudden you could see the light come on in her mind as she began to see well. And uh, there were a few other uh, these abbreviations and acronyms. The military is famous for them. But uh, they're used even, and maybe they're used to confuse you. <laughs> anyway, OPEC actually stands for Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. And let me give you an example. There are 12 now. Indonesia, which is the largest uh, Muslim population in the world, Indonesia was one of the members of OPEC, but Indonesia is importing oil now instead of exporting it. And so that doesn't qualify. So in 2008, Indonesia was disinvited uh, from the OPEC nations. So now there are 12. And a lot of people uh, really don't, you know, it's like one of these uh, name, uh, you know, a dozen great performers, name five members of the uh, Supreme Court. I mean, you know, it's, it just is one of those things you say, whoops, it's Jay Leno uh, jaywalking time. Well, I'm going to give you the membership, and I'm going to talk just a little bit about it so that you can be conversant uh, with your elected officials because as gasoline prices go up, this OPEC thing may become more important. Undoubtedly will. Let me give you a little, uh, few examples of why OPEC uh, is of significance now. OPEC represents 44% of the world's crude production. Okay? That means that of all, uh, it takes 40 uh, gallons to make a barrel of crude. And so of all the world's pumping of gasoline, this is all the world's OPEC, these 12 nations, uh, actually accounts for 44%. 79% of all the world's crude oil reserves. Now, this is stuff uh, that is there, that is estimated to be there, but OPEC has uh, almost 80% of all the world's crude under the current system of locating and evaluating. So OPEC is important because of the amount of uh, petroleum that they have. And see, when you look at Indonesia, they were pumping out some, but all of a sudden they began to have to import. And so they were dropped out of OPEC. And when you look at OPEC, uh, we've got, uh, a couple like uh, Qatar, for example, 
uh, is is not actually uh, producing that much oil. It's only 810 barrels a day. Now compared, let me give you the members first. Uh, Venezuela. Now, do you think that Venezuela likes the United States? The official language of OPEC, by the way, is English. So do you think that uh, Venezuela likes the United States and would vote uh, in favor or to benefit the United States? And if you don't, (laughs) then just kind of checkmark that because uh, I think that OPEC is going to uh, vote and going to act uh, sooner than later, but probably sooner than later, and it's going to affect the United States in uh, major ways. All right, so we got Venezuela, and by the way, they every day uh, pump out 2,340 barrels. Now, this is less, and all of these OPEC countries right now are actually producing less than they're capable of. So why does the price of oil continue to skyrocket? All right, now the next member after Venezuela is uh, Nigeria. And uh, Nigeria, of course, has a very good light crude. Uh, They pump out uh, 2,250 barrels a day. And Nigeria is one of those uh, countries. It is a Muslim country, an Islamic country. Uh, But uh, which side will it fall down on? Uh, I think it's a toss-up. Now, Saudi Arabia has more uh, production than any other country. As a matter of fact, it's got as much production as uh, almost all of them put together, Saudi pumps out almost 10,000 barrels a day, 9,800 to be exact. So we got Venezuela, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia. Now the next one is Algeria. Algeria is uh, basically where the guy came from who went on a a uh, self-proclaimed jihad that shot and killed the uh, two airmen and uh, wounded two more. He was working for the airport, in the airport. He shot and killed. He fired into a shuttle bus uh, driven by the Air Force and killed two Americans uh, here just this week and wounded uh, two more. So Algeria is a Muslim nation, and they're putting out 1,360. Remember, all of these countries are putting out less than they are capable of. Angola, remember Angola? We used to have, they killed missionaries and that stuff. It's down there uh, more towards South Africa. Angola's putting out 1,700 uh, barrels a day. Ecuador is the second uh, South American country. Now, uh, like Qatar, I mentioned before, 
810. Ecuador is only putting out 500 barrels a day, but they are a uh, uh, petroleum exporting country. All right, now Iran, 3,700 barrels a day, so it's a major producer. Iraq, 1,481 barrels now are going out. I mean, we own Iraq, but Iraq still has its identity uh, as a, but it makes you wonder why the gas prices in America are going up as they are. Kuwait, remember that's the country where BP was cross-drilling into Iraq. And Kuwait's pumping out uh, 2,500 barrels a day. So they're uh, they're not putting out as much as Iran, but uh, they are. They're putting out uh, more than Nigeria and Venezuela. Libya, now they have expelled Libya from the Human Rights Commission of the United Nations. But Libya, and Libya may... Uh, because right now, as you know, uh, there is tremendous stress in Libya. As you know, in uh, Libya, people, civilians are dying. Planes are bombing. Gaddafi is refusing uh, to uh, to give up. And Tripoli is still in the hands of his uh, mercenaries, his uh, defenders. But Libya is poking out, or was, 1,650 barrels a day. And they say that because of the upheaval in Libya is the reason. Well, my gosh, if you go back and look at the, remember 1973, we were waiting in line. You know where you were. It's like 10 years before when Kennedy was killed. You were waiting in line in 73 depending on whether your uh, tag ended in an even or odd number, uh, you went on either the even or odd days because fuel in America was uh, being controlled and rationed. And what was it all over? It was over a fraud. It was over nothing. They were saying that... uh, They didn't have adequate shipping. That was a lie. Interesting story about Saudi Arabia at that time, but I won't take time now to go over it. But Qatar is 810 uh, barrels, as I mentioned to you. They are part of the uh, OPEC. And the UAE, United Arab Emirates, this is a group of city-states. Now, Singapore uh, is kind of is a city-state. Xinjiapua, as the Chinese call it, is a, a city, but yet it's a nation. And so it's the way UAE is, only Emirates, it means that there's more than one. And they're putting out 2,500 barrels a day. All right, take a look at these. 
Now, in the uh, United Arab Emirates, Qatar, they are, and we don't, in Libya, Kuwait, Iraq, Iran, Ecuador, Angola, Algeria, Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, and Venezuela. If they have seven out of the 12 who would vote to change either, let's say, the language of OPEC, which is official language, is English, the money that they exchange in all these 12 countries is U.S. dollars. And so if they were to change from U.S. dollars to uh, euros, for example, or maybe they'd want to go with the politically correct and say, well, Switzerland has always been uh, you know, the neutral country, and so uh, uh, we will change to Swiss francs. Just because the U.S. has such a tremendous debt, the government is almost shut down. See, they did that in Greece, but they, made, they just passed a hat around in the EU, and they bought out Greece. Who's going to pass a hat around for the United States? I can guarantee you nobody that I know. And so I want you to just be mindful. One, the United States has tremendous reserves of petroleum. Number two, there is no shortage of petroleum on or in the planet. It's second only to seawater. Now, the price of petroleum is controlled by the commodities in how much can they hold off and get for a barrel, a 40-gallon barrel of crude. Well, it's been selling for over $100 a barrel, which is outrageous. It'll drop as much as go from 100 to $70. And here in the past couple of weeks, uh, it was at 100 and more, and it dropped down, and then it shot back up again. Well, the oil companies, of course, are making all-time record profits. And they say, well, this is within the definition of capitalism. What America needs to do is we have tremendous petroleum that is in storage right now. When we call in reserve, uh, that's the same term they use for estimated crude beneath the ground or beneath the ocean bottom. But uh, we have... Uh, strategic reserves of petroleum in the United States that uh, is in storage areas that you could pump into uh, your uh, car and it would run. So, number one is you can advise your congressional representatives 
to get the President of the United States, who has the authority, to release some of the U.S. reserves. Now, this doesn't mean the reserves can't be replaced. They will be replaced. But what it means is, by the release of reserves, it breaks the oil company's momentum on shoving the price of petroleum higher and higher. Because you see, what's Newton's law? Uh, Body at rest tends to stay at rest. Body in motion tends to stay in motion. So if they get that momentum, which they have, it'll just keep going. How much are you going to accept before you finally decide, well, this is worth a telephone call. This is worth a visit. This is worth an email. This is worth a fax, a letter. A letter is actually best, but a fax is kind of like a letter, only it goes immediately, and you know it goes right into uh, your elected member's uh, office because that's where the fax machine is. All right, and it's likely that the member, in walking through, taking a break after lunch, may go by the fax machine, look down there, and say, whoa, here's a letter from one of my constituents, and pick it up and see. Dear Mr. Congress person, or dear Senator, let's get real. Let's stop the oil companies from gouging us. I want you to take action on getting Obama to release some of America's storage fuel, these petroleum reserves that we have, so that we can break the momentum of price of fuel going up. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. It just takes one person... And all of a sudden, that senator, that congressman's mind is made up, and uh, bingo. All of a sudden, you uh, have made the difference. And I'm not kidding. Uh, there's, I, I've confessed enough on the program uh, for the time being But I have mentioned to you times that I am not proud of where, in one case, it was Senator DeConfini, who was uh, one of the uh, people from Arizona, great state of Arizona, one of the two senators. uh, And as he was going out to vote, I was coming in his office on another matter, and DeConfini looked at me and said, Bo, uh, what do you think about this issue? And uh, I was negative on the issue. Later, after I started thinking more about it, because when I told him, sir, I don't think it's uh, one you want to vote for, uh, he said, I I agree with you. You could tell he made up his mind right there. So don't think that your call or your communication is not important, because it is. All right, now one other thing before we take a little break. Wisconsin, as you know, has been sort of uh, the centerpiece in the state budget, even though California is probably deeper than any state. Uh, 
The fact is, is that they have a Republican uh, assembly. The state legislative branch is primarily Republican. And so they are ready to vote and approve the governor's budget plan. But the Democrats from uh, Wisconsin have all left the state and are hiding because if you get one Democrat that shows up, then the state legislative branch can vote. No Democrats show up. Well, they have a rule that there has to be at least one Democrat or one Republican. And in this case, they're all boycotting their own state. Well, today, the Senate for Wisconsin, approved by the governor, has basically put out a warrant for the arrest of the Democrats in the state legislature for law enforcement to arrest them, to seize them, to bring them in so that they can legally make this vote. All right, stay right where you are, American Voice Radio. I'll be right back with uh, things that I think are important for you to know. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L-A-N-S-E-T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us. 
are under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Voice Radio. It is Freedom Call. I'm your host. My name is Bo Greitz. And uh, it just occurred to me, with uh, April Fool's Day coming up, I'm not talking about April the 1st. I'm talking about IRS Day and uh, some other important dates. I think it's important that uh, you have information uh, about uh, what's happened to people and uh, what you can do about it. Now, I announced to you the other day about Ken Anderson. You may not personally know him, but if you're a listener you know, to Freedom Call, then uh, there's good chance you do know him. He was one of our medical instructors uh, during spike uh, training. Ken is a nutritionist. Ken is an herbalist. Uh, you can go outside. As a matter of fact, he did this. Uh, he could go any state. So we had uh, our spike training in 10 cities for each phase. And as we were doing uh, herbs and, and uh, field craft as a medical subject, uh, Ken would just take the class uh, and go out into a you know place where uh, there were trees and weeds and bushes, and and uh, he would just pick up right what was there. And then, of course, he had uh, for some that he didn't that were very important. Uh, he would put them up uh, using uh, view graph and uh, slides and things he had. 
But uh, Ken is a totally, awesomely wonderful man. He is a a wonderful Christian man. And uh, Ken Anderson uh, got to be uh, one of the top five people that uh, I know. I love Ken Anderson. In prison. In prison for one year and a day with his wife. Not together, but in separate prisons. But she went to prison too. Now, Ken's point, I just want to make this, and then I'm going to make you a real deal. But uh, Ken's point was, Bo, uh, we had a choice. See, spiritually, uh, Ken doesn't believe uh, in the IRS. Ken uh, knows the whole story about the fraud of the Federal Reserve, Ken, then what happened? Right after that, they passed the income tax uh, amendment. Well, Ken knows, uh, just like Ron Paul and a few others, that uh, there have been two volumes actually written by a guy named Bill Benson and Red Beck. Uh, Both of them were uh, income uh, tax uh, abaters. They don't believe in the IRS either. So uh, what uh, Benson and uh, and Beckman did is they actually went to every state that was in the union then. And uh, they see you have to have 75% of the states ratify a amendment before it is official, before it's a law and goes into the Constitution. And they found, because they actually took the state legislative results when that state voted on the income tax uh, amendment, and they proved that there was not a ratification. So that income tax amendment is not legal. And uh, there was a guy uh, named Philanderer Knox. And guy, you know, what a a Freudian accuracy when you think of the word, the name Philanderer. (laughs) Anyway, he makes a statement that uh, it appears that the income tax amendment has been ratified. Well, you see, they have already bought up the 50 influential newspapers in America just to get the Federal Reserve Act through. And so they already had everything that they needed because they didn't have talk radio in those days. They sure didn't have television. And so when you get an official who makes the statement, it appears, then people and newspapers accept that as, well, it's a fact. The amendment has been ratified. But Bill Benson, who, by the way, the IRS gets real mad about all this stuff, they almost kill Bill Benson in prison 
but Benson uh, made it out of prison. I believe he's dead now. Uh, but it was no thanks that he lived uh, to uh, people uh, who were under the influence of the IRS. And Red Beckman, uh, Red and, and Bill both actually made and they printed, took two volumes to include all of the state documentation. Well, in the case of Ken Anderson, he said, Bo, uh, we want to live God's law. And he said, it's very clear in the Bible that even as slaves, we are supposed uh, to uh, be good, do our best, and, uh, you know, don't stab uh, your master in the back, and these kind of things. He said, but the fact is, that uh, the income tax is not legal. So in our case, we decided we would not file. And he said uh, the, the strategy of our not filing is this. He said we knew one way or the other <laughs> the IRS was going to come for us. See, Ken, uh, along uh, with Others. There was another gentleman known as Ken Default who sold medical ozone. Now, medical ozone uh, is a rather expensive uh, uh, machine. It comes in uh, like a Samsonite briefcase. But let me tell you what it does. I knew Ken Default really well. He was down in Florida. And... Uh, I had a medical ozone machine. There was a woman up where I live in Sandy Valley, Nevada. Uh, she, her horse wasn't mad at her uh, because the horse was uh, in love with her, a big black Arab stallion. And But uh, she was, you know, back working with the horse, studying the horse out, and uh, was uh, the horse's back leg. Uh, raked her shin. Well, this shin bone, you be careful because there's not much blood circulation there. I had a wound in my shin, and uh, boy, I tell you, they told me, said, you, the only thing I wouldn't do is use a bedpan. And they told me, said, if you do not use this bedpan, you're going to lose your leg. And still, uh, when it came time, I had my leg up. When it came time, I would unhoard uh, my leg. I use that bedpan once, and I'm sorry. It, some people can do that, and some can't. I'm one of the that uh, just won't. It's not that I can't. I did once, but I wouldn't do it again. But the shin is very difficult, and gangrene can set in there. And then, of course, you will lose your leg. So uh, the regular medical physicians... We're having a lot of trouble, uh, and in this case, with this lady, uh, they weren't uh, able to control uh, the infection. Well, when I heard about it, uh, I went over to her house, and I bagged her foot up to her knee. With the medical ozone, you get a full body bag, or you get a bag that will work on the limbs. So I bagged from her knee down and closed the bag off at the bottom of her feet, 
So there was nothing but pure medical ozone going in there, and it killed all of that infection, and she recovered. Now, the American Medical Association and uh, the Drug Enforcement Association probably and the Food and Drug Administration, they don't like that. Because when you can use something like that to uh, cure all manner of things, I mean, uh, you can look it up on the Internet, uh, medical ozone usage, and uh, you can see, well, Ken Thiefault, they the uh, Food and Drug Administration, raided his home. He had weapons, and he also had gold. Well, they confiscated all of his medical ozone, uh, and they confiscated his gold, and they confiscated his weapons. So, of course, the gold and weapons weren't on the search warrant, but when the police go in, uh, you know, that's what happened. And I happened to have been there when that happened. So I knew the fate of Ken Thiefault. Now, Ken Anderson was a good friend of Thiefault's. They were kind of partners. And so uh, Ken Anderson said, we knew the IRS because Anderson had uh, been charged before with uh, doing things to help people uh, use herbs to uh, treat and cure egregious diseases. And so they came down on Ken, and they put him in jail for that and confiscated, uh, took away all of his authorities and one thing and the other. So Ken said, Bo, we, we had to make a choice. If you're willful failure to file, then it is a misdemeanor, and they can only send you to prison for a year. I said, he said, if we would have filed, but it's like a traffic cop following you around all day. We knew the IRS uh, had... Uh, the all points uh, out for us, and they were gonna they were gonna get us somehow. It's like a traffic cop is gonna see you do something wrong. He said so. Rather than file and let them pick us apart and, and let it be a felony, where we could have gone to prison, like Doctor Ward Dean, for seven years, uh, they just will for failure to file. They went to prison for one year. But it is a shame to me. It hurts my heart. It really does to see what I consider to be some of the nation's best people. And what do they do? The damnable IRS. And it's like a traffic cop. Put them in prison. To me, it's lost time. You talk to a guy like Ken, and he says, well, Bo, will you preach the gospel? And, uh, you know, it's he's a wonderful man. Here is the, the deal. It isn't made anywhere else. But if you will call a 1-800 number and tell them 
that you heard this by me on American Voice Radio, then uh, they can call me and I'll verify it. For half price, for $10, 10 bucks, uh, you can get my brother's keeper. Now, the 800 number that you call is 214-8110. And my brother's keeper has much more. They're going to make a movie out of the Oklahoma City bombing. Well, you need to read for the truth behind the Oklahoma City bombing. Plus, there's a lot of stories in there about don't steal. The government hates competition, meaning the IRS. And what happens to people so that if your time in the bucket comes, you can make decisions uh, that uh, have some history and have a basis so that hopefully you will be as safe as you can be. Anyway, you call uh, 800-214-8110. Now, if that number is busy, you can call 888-281-5170. All right, last time, 888-281-5170. Tell them you'd like Bo's book. It's my brother's keeper that I said uh, that it would be a special for... Uh, today, only $10. I want you to have the book so you can see uh, these cases that uh, happen to real Americans so that you'll be more prepared. All right? Now, uh, one other thing I want to bring up uh, is the RBCD ammunition. Now, uh, I want to just give you, and if, if you say, huh, if you're listening to American Voice Radio uh, for the first time, the Freedom Call, uh, there is only one world's best self-defense ammunition, and it is called RBCD. All right? It's like R, Romeo, B, Bravo, C, Charlie, D, Delta. See, all, a lot of the times those words sound uh, uh, very much alike. And let me give you the 800 number first so I don't forget it. It's 877-688-5985. It's 1-877-688-5985. Five nine eight five. Now, you and Cindy is uh, Roscoe Stoker's daughter who runs the business now. Roscoe died uh, here a couple of years ago. Uh, Cindy sent me an email, and she just reaffirmed I just got an email from her here this last week uh, that said, Bo, uh, we love hearing from your listeners uh, any of your listeners that identify uh, that you have been the one to say this, we will honor it. Uh, you call one eight seven seven six eight eight five nine eight five, and you don't order a lot. You order one box, for example, like twenty rounds or fifty rounds. You don't go out and plink with RBCD. 
that what you do is you take every weapon you have that you may carry on you, protect your vehicle with, home protection, and the first load you put RBCD in it. That's a loving order. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, tell you why. Uh, give you some examples. Now, they have ammunition for just about every pistol, and they have ammunition for just about every rifle. Let me give you an example. Uh, they have uh, 50 caliber, and I've got this ammunition in my 50 caliber. An RBCD 50 caliber, and I know you're not going to shoot anybody uh, with something like this, but the hole that it makes in uh, gelatin, which approximates flesh and bones, is 11 inches by 48 inches. Now, ain't nobody. That means you could shoot somebody in the top of the head, and it's going to go 48 inches through. It's going to pop out somewhere, isn't it? But this is just to let you know the... RBCD is about three times as fast as any other bullet. It doesn't have the kick. It has reduced uh, kickback. It is three times faster than any other bullet. It uh, And these, you may say, well, boy, I don't know what my ammunition is. Well, you can copy this down, then you can look. You can find out what uh, this is. But let's take uh, some common things. 7.6239. Now, that's a Russian-type thing. The bullet uh, is in uh, gelatin, gun gelatin, is 8 by 14 inches. 8 inches around, 14 inches deep. All right, let's look at a, a 223. It's 9 inches by 15 inches in a 223. Let's look in a 44 Magnum. That is what I carry as concealed weapon. It is 12 by 15 inches. I shoot it with one of my RBCDs, and it's going to blow a hole in you 12 inches and 15 inches deep. That just about covers it all. Now, the interesting thing is RBCD also is frangible, which means that when the bullet hits the target, the bullet shatters just like shards of glass, so all of the energy stays in the target. Under almost every other condition, hardball goes right through the target and comes out the other end, and there's all this energy as it continues to travel. Now, let's see what's another very common. Uh, here's a 45. is 11 by 12 inches. Or a 45 uh, 911. Let's look up uh, 38 Special. Boy, it doesn't get any commoner than that. 7 by 10 inches. Still, do you realize how much more uh, expansion, how much more damage is done to tissue if you shoot somebody with a 38 special. I just had dinner a couple of days ago with a good friend of mine from Oklahoma City. 
a guy, two guys, tried to rob him. They hit him in the head with a baseball bat. It put a baseball-sized goose egg on his head. They then, right, I mean, in his face, they hit him with the head with a baseball bat. He had his 38 special out, which I told him don't carry until now with RBCD. He would have blown the people, the person into dog food. He shot this attacker five times, point blank range with a 38 special. He hit him twice in the face. This guy says after the fifth round, "Hey, let's get out of here. He's got a gun." He treated himself. When the police came to arrest him, he said he had had a farm accident. Well, with RBCD. 38 special. It's a bullet hole 7 by 10 inches. Now you take that times 5 in these little 38 specials, you'll see what it is. So what is the number? 1-877-688-5985. You talk to Cindy. She is Roscoe Stoker's daughter. She's running the business. And she has said that she will... Uh, give you distributor prices if you say, hey, uh, my friend Bo uh, was telling me all about your ammunition. So you got a couple of real good deals here today. Half price on the My Brother's Keeper, which is over 600 uh, pages long, gives you documents and photos. And uh, now distributor prices on RBCD ammunition. And they've got also, when you're talking to Cindy, they have uh, some special ammo that they have come out with. And uh, this special ammunition is called uh, the Predator. And uh, it is absolutely incredible. For example, the 223 uh, bullet flies at 3,800 feet per second. The 308, which is uh, the 7.62, the 308 uh, is 3,600 feet uh, per second. And so, it uh, again, there's only one world's best. Now, you say, you may ask, well, Bo, what about the Russians and the Chinese? There is a patent. Roscoe worked for NASA. He patented this RBCD. So he's the only one that has it. All right, guys. Now, this be Friday, so I want you to think about what you're going to do about the Sabbath, uh, which is tomorrow. <laughs> and then Sunday, you can go and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what about the fourth commandment? All right, stay with American Voice Radio, please. This has been Freedom Falling. God bless all of you. Up on their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Berets train to live off nature's land. The 
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
and welcome to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm M. Roy Ben Shadler, your host, constitutional counselor, and still all around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs everywhere. Today is Monday, July 11th, 2016. Yes, we did take off um, the July 4th for spend time with family and friends, etc. And it was a good time to recharge, and I enjoyed it very much, which leaves us loaded for bear for today. This is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is. We, of course, do give an exemption to those members of Media Matter as well as Southern Poverty Law Center. After all, if we require them to think, it would create a hostile work environment, and we don't want to be responsible for that anymore. If you'd like to call in, the number is real simple, 1-800-932-1980, or you may use Yahoo Instant Messenger as long as it continues to work. Yes, I say that because evidently the news is, is that Yahoo Instant Messenger is going away. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go or how it's going to go. I just have heard from very good, reliable sources that it's going to end here pretty soon. So it's all just a matter of when it stops working. But if you'd like to send an instant message directly to your host via Yahoo Instant Messenger ID KC7AQK, well, you may do that. As is our want, my friends, we like to open this show with the wisdom of the ages, otherwise known as the dead white guy quote, wise men don't need advice, fools won't take it, end quote. Well, thank you very much, Benjamin Franklin, for uh, giving us uh, real good guidance because, well, today's show, it's going to be a lot of advice, and only wise men will, uh, well, the wise men out there, you won't need it, but you'll appreciate having it anyway, and the fools, well, we already know what they're going to do. We have 21 pages in today's show's newsletter, your calls, instant messages, and whatever else happens to come across the transom. And we will get to as much of it as possible right after this. Warning, this show may be hazardous to your paradigms if you are a whiny, crying, liberal, pinko, commie bedwetter, an inept, overpaid bureaucrat, or are still mad over Reagan's tax cut. Should you fit into any one of the above categories, immediately have your friends tie you down for some truth therapy. Continue this therapy until you can dismiss your delusions and can deal with reality. If you cannot handle 100% pure, unadulterated truth, this radio show will not be held responsible for your predictable discomfort. And 
and okay, I didn't mute my microphone. I was like looking for the the button to unmute the microphone, but I didn't mute it. Uh, fortunately, I didn't mutter under my breath, or at least I don't remember doing so. Okay, remember, my friends, my job is to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable. After all, I am no longer interested in awakening the masses. The masses have made it clear that they are not interested in. I'm here to connect like minds and awaken those that want to learn. And we all do it the same way, my friends, by asking questions. But you can only do so if you continue, or for a great many of you, start to support this show. Okay. Breaking news, my friends. Okay. It's not breaking news. You know, I really wish I could do this story in a sarcasm font, so to speak. I want you to notice the date. The date of this is August 30th of last year. And then think about how long this has been out, and yet what's happening today in society. And, oh, well, the irony of where this study comes from is rich also. Headline. Study learns Chicago criminals don't buy their guns legally. Say it isn't so. A recent study, well, recent as of August 30th of last year, a recent study that was conducted by the University of Chicago's Crime Lab has learned that Chicago criminals do not acquire their guns from gun shops, gun shows, or the Internet. Now, how much... <clears throat> false narratives of the lamestream media did we just shoot down right there, like every single one of them, right? The study examined and interviewed inmates in Chicago's Cook County Jail who are either facing current gun charges or have a background consisting of firearms-related convictions. The study learned that virtually zero Zero criminals have ever used the Internet or gun shows because that method is, wait for it, easily traceable. It's much safer for a criminal to acquire firearms on the street where they're harder to keep track of, and that's most criminals' preferred method of choice. Furthermore, University of Chicago Crime Lab Co-director Harold Pollock said that criminals, quote, were less concerned about getting caught by the cops than being put into the position of not having a gun to defend themselves and then getting shot, end quote. Breitbart News reported it this way. <clears throat> The vast majority of the inmates used handguns to commit their crimes or protect themselves. Very few cited using military-style assault weapons, and they said that their habit was to get rid of a gun after one year because of the <clears throat> legal liability of being caught with a gun that could be linked to crimes they or others committed. As for specifics regarding sources for purchasing guns, some of the inmates indicate that gangs have individuals with firearms owner identification cards who buy guns and then sell them to gang members. Others indicated, <clears throat> I hope you're listening, others indicated using corrupt cops who seize guns, then put them back on the street. So, it turns out, this study proves 
what gun rights groups have been saying all along. Gun grabbers advocating for universal background checks are barking up the wrong tree. They're nothing more than smoke and mirrors, a colossal waste of time. Yep. And the only inconceivables are the law-abiding citizen. You see? Or excuse me, the only, the only inconvenience. I'm sorry. The only inconvenience, the law-abiding citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I have been asked by a lot of people, what are you going to do? What are you going to talk about? That meeting, the tarmac meeting. You know what I'm talking about. The tarmac meeting between Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? And I said, just wait. Just wait. I'm going to take a week off here for, for the holiday, etc. And And then I'm going to talk about it. But before I talk about it, we have an instant message from Miss D in Oregon who goes, the reason is to register the law abiding for papers. Well, yes, of course. Yes, because we already have many, many in the government who have said very, very plainly and very, very clearly, the first step is we need to register them so we can find them and arrest them. Yes, exactly. Okay, now back to... The tarmac meeting, my friends. There's an old saying, be careful what you wish for. Anyone thinking or wishing for a special prosecutor, think about this. How long will it take a special prosecutor to get up to speed on an investigation? 18 months? Two years? Three years? More? Now, now do you see why critical thinkers don't even think about special prosecutors in this instance? Because it will cause the prosecution phase to move so far into the future that by the time it rolls around, some politician will end up saying something really dumb. You know, like, at this point, what difference does it make? And the rest of the dumb politicians will chime in with, brilliant. Yes. Instead, let's focus on the Hatch Act, shall we? Now, for some of you out there, you're going, Hatch Act? What's the Hatch Act? Allow me to explain. Who will be the first Republican to publicly suggest that the Department of Justice has violated the Hatch Act. See, the Hatch Act of 1939, also known as an act to prevent pernicious political activities, is named after the late U.S. Senator from New Mexico, Carl Atwood Hatch, who lived from 1889 to 1963. The U.S. Government's Office of Special Counsel's website offers this definition of the act. <clears throat> the Hatch Act, a federal law passed in 1939, limits certain political activities of federal employees, as well as some state, D.C., and local government employees who work in connection with federally funded programs. The law's purpose 
or purposes, excuse me, are to ensure that Federal programs are administered in a nonpartisan fashion to protect federal employees from political coercion in the workplace and to ensure that federal employees are advanced based on merit and not based on political affiliation. Okay, so there's the definition from the U.S. Government's Office of Special Counsel's website. Well, from uslegal.com, we read, the Hatch Act applies to federal employees, employees of the District of Columbia, and certain employees of state and local governments. According to 5 U.S.C.S. Section 7322, Sub 1, employee means any individual other than the president and the vice president employed or holding office in... A, an executive agency other than the General Accounting Office, otherwise known as the Government Accountability Office. B, a position within the competitive services who is not in an executive agency. Or C, the government of the District of Columbia other than the mayor or a member of the city council or the recorder of deeds, but does not include a member of the uniformed services. And finally... Additional information is posted at Legal Dictionary, the Free Dictionary uh, dot com, saying, <clears throat> enacted in 1939, the Hatch Act, otherwise known as 5 U.S.C.A. 7324, curbs the political activities of employees in federal, state, and local governments. The law's goal is to in Force political neutrality among civil servants. The act prohibits them from holding public office, influencing elections. <clears throat> Say that again. Influencing elections. <clears throat> influencing elections. Participating in or managing political campaigns and exerting undue influence on government hiring. Penalties for violations range from warnings to dismissal. The law's restrictions have always been controversial. Critics have long argued that the act violates the First Amendment freedoms of government employees. The U.S. Supreme Court has disagreed, twice upholding the law's constitutionality. Congress has amended the Hatch Act several times since 1939. In 1993, a number of amendments to the act sought to limit the effects of political patronage in federal hiring. So... The intent of the Hatch Act is, therefore, to prohibit influencing elections. Now, do you understand why I repeated that little section three times? By protecting <clears throat> federal employees from political coercion in the workplace including but not limited to persons employed or holding office in an executive agency other than the General Accounting Office. So, here's the question, my friends. Does former President William Jefferson Clinton's Phoenix Tarmac Rendezvous with Attorney General Loretta Lynch represent a potential case of political coercion in an effort to influence an election? And, if it does, is an investigation by a special prosecutor warranted? Hmm. But like I said, be careful what you wish for.
Also note, the federal government entities underlined and bolded on this list of the top 20 donor organizations to President Barack Obama's 2012 re-election campaign, according to OpenSecrets.org. Here they are, my friends, the top 20 donors. We're going to go in decreasing amounts, and uh, I'll start with the first one. University of California, a little over a million three hundred thousand. Then we go down. Microsoft Corp, eight hundred plus thousand. Google, eight hundred plus thousand. The quote-unquote, U.S. government, uh, over 736,000, almost 737,000. Harvard University, 680K. U.S. Department of State, 638K. Kaiser Permanente, 500-plus-K. Stanford, 500-plus-K. Columbia, 478K. LLP, whatever that is, 458K. Time Warner, 447K. DLA Piper, 415K. Then we come to the U.S. Department of Justice, 402K plus. Sydney Austin LLP, 400K. Then U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, 390, almost 2K. IBM Corp, 370. Walt Disney, 369. New York University, 357. University of Chicago, 354. And finally, rounding out the bottom of the top 20, University of Michigan, 351. Now, the combined total of the for <clears throat> federal contributions is $2,169,217, making the government the number one source of contributions on the Obama campaign donor list. And by the way, in comparison, not one government agency appears on the GOP 2012 presidential top 20 donor list. Just think about it, my friends. Now, I don't have a lot of time here today. So these are kind of like links of interest, but I want them much closer to what I just shared with you. The first one, two cartoons destroy the Bill Clinton-Loretta Lynch meeting. That's number one. And then the next, this, speaking in Hitler's voice, you scratch my back by not tossing me in jail and you get to keep your job. Yes, Hillary is considering keeping Lynch as AG if she becomes president. Again, the Hatch Act, my friends. The Hatch Act. Okay. The following is a string of articles. I'm not going to have a separate critical thinking segment here for you today, my friends. Instead, I have strung three articles together designed to engross you in critical thinking. We'll see how much of the first one we can get through before the music starts playing, and I sure hope I can hear it over the hiss of having to turn the, the volume up so much, but we'll see. First one, <clears throat> federal judge Richard Posner, he sees, quote, absolutely no value in studying the Constitution, end quote. You know, my friends, 
You could not draw a better picture of what is wrong with the American legal system than Richard Posner did by asserting his opinions of the U.S. Constitution. Posner condemned the document he has sworn an oath to defend which is the basis of all U.S. law, a document of universally recognized historical importance. Posner, who sits on the Seventh Circuit, claims the Constitution is practically irrelevant in today's world. Here are his words. Quote, I see absolutely no value to a judge of spending decades, years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, or seconds studying the Constitution, the history of its enactment, its amendments, and its implementation across the centuries, well, just a little more than two centuries, and of course, less for many of the amendments, end quote. This is part of what he wrote in an op-ed for Slate, that left-wing leaning rag. Then he continued saying, 18th century guys, however smart, could not foresee the culture, technology, etc. of the 21st century, end quote. So, Posner's dismissal of the Constitution and its framers as out of date is devoid of reason. To begin with, the founders were greatly ahead of their time in regards to political thought and philosophy. They set up a government without a monarchy at a time when such a thing was unheard of. They dared to declare that all men have unalienable rights inherent to their being, something civilization would take hundreds of years to achieve in practice, and they sought to embolden the individual and restrain the government, a rather progressive position for the time. The founders were students of history, law, and philosophy. They all understood that time would lead to social progress and change. The Constitution was created with a process for amending it for that specific reason. Furthermore, several of the founders, most notably Jefferson and Franklin, were inventors. Surely they understood that technological progress would occur. But changing social attitudes and technological innovations do not render government any less dangerous of an entity, nor do they dismiss the value of the rights, the individual rights, the Constitution protects. Posner's callous regard for the Constitution is indicative of how those sworn to uphold our rule of law and individual rights are wholly unconcerned with either task. His venom was also directed at the Supreme Court with an obvious jealousy of the late Justice Antonin Scalia bubbling to the surface when he said, quote, again, Posner's own words, quote, 
I worry that law professors are too respectful of the Supreme Court, in part perhaps because they don't want to spoil the chances of their students to obtain Supreme Court clerkships. I think, Posner continued, I think the Supreme Court is at, is at a nadir. The justices are far too uniform in background, and I don't think that there are any real stars among them. The last real star, Robert Jackson, died more than 60 years ago. I regard the posthumous ekama for Scalia as absurd, especially those of Harvard Law School Dean Martha Minow and Justice Alina Kagan, end quote. Well, David Bernstein professor at the Antonin Scalia Law School, called Posner's marks revolting. He said, quote, We all know Posner doesn't think highly, to say the least, of Scalia. Judging from what Posner writes, the distaste seems to stem primarily from jealousy. Posner thinks he would be a far better Supreme Court justice than Scalia was, and he resents that as a lower court judge. His writings, though highly influential in their own rights, will never get the same attention and accolades as Scalia. Well, you know, it's good to know that there are still some in the legal field who respect the Constitution. Of course, like Bernstein, Posner is also a law professor who undoubtedly is passing along his <clears throat> wisdom to students at the University of Chicago. And yes, I was hoping that very last part wouldn't go unnoticed by you critical thinkers out there. Okay, when we come back from the upcoming break, I'll get on to story two out of three of critical thinking. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back.
donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Okay, I'm going to take that. That's our, our music intro here. Uh, again, I don't know what is going on here. I'm trying very, very hard to figure out why my system is not playing the music in my ears uh, or anything else that's going on, which if someone was to call in would make it almost impossible to hear them. But anyway, my friends, as I started out here, for those of you that uh, are still with us from before... I'm doing a three-part series of articles that is designed to help keen your critical thinking skills. And now we're on part two. We started with part one, talking about federal judge Richard Posner and his assertion that the, the Constitution needs to be ignored in courtrooms, that it doesn't apply to courtrooms. Well... My friends, if this <clears throat> judge is correct in his assertion, then this also is correct. If the Second Amendment only applies to muskets, does the first only apply to printing presses? Hmm, good question. See, that 
favorite argument of gun grabbers holds that the Second Amendment is obsolete because the founders crafting the Constitution and the Bill of Rights between 1787 and 1791 couldn't have imagined the advanced firearms that are available to civilians today. They only wanted to protect the right to keep and bear muskets. Clearly, that protection doesn't extend to semi-automatic rifles like the popular AR-15, or so the argument goes. Aside from the inconvenient fact that the state of firearms technology was more advanced at that time than most people realize. For example, the Ghiridoni rifle was invented in 1779, and it held 30 rounds. The notion that a constitutional right only applies to the knowledge and tools of the 18th century America falls apart when applied to the rest of the Bill of Rights. For example, let's, let's treat, my friends, let's treat the rest of the Bill of Rights the way the Second Amendment is being treated, shall we? Free exercise of religion. Sure. Pick any sect you prefer. As long as it existed when the First Amendment went into effect in 1799. So, sorry Mormons, the founders couldn't have imagined your faith, which wasn't established until the 1820s. Oh, and when it comes to exercising your religion, keep in mind that you have no right to use sound systems, electronic instruments, or that Bible app on your phone including phones and speakers and, or we said speakers, but uh, uh, projectors, etc. And, and lights, you know, can't use lights either, just candles, you know, because lights weren't invented when it came across, so you, know, you can't use those in your religious uh, activities. And freedom of speech. Oh, by all means, speak your mind. Just be sure to do it in person or by letter, as the founders never expected people to communicate with phones, computers, televisions, or radios. After all, any terrorist can get his hands on an iPhone or Gmail account and coordinate an attack. And don't you even think you have to show ID or explain to the FBI why you need such things. Mm-hmm. How about that cherished freedom of the press? Well, the choice of noun says it all. The media's right to publish the news with printing presses shall not be abridged. But radios, TVs, websites, that's quite another matter. These advanced technologies can kill millions of Americans' critical thinking skills with a single 30-second burst of talking points. And once again, there are no common-sense regulations in place. Journalists don't even have to pass background checks before capitalizing on the latest national tragedy. Yep, they should have to go there and set the type in, and then ink it up with a roller, lay down the individual sheet, and screw that down until it makes contact, and then lift it up and take that sheet out and, and set it aside for the ink to dry. Yep, that's what freedom of the press means if we are to treat the other amendments the way that the Second Amendment wants to be treated. Uh-huh. So, such 
intentionally absurd thinking is amusing, but it reveals the flaw and the inconsistency in the Second Amendment is about muskets, crowds, logic. They understand that First Amendment rights are about timeless principles, not access to specific technologies and institutions. Freedom of conscience, the natural right to worship freely and peacefully. Freedom of communication, the right of an individual to share information or express opinions like your host is doing with you right now. The importance of these rights are rarely questioned, even when they're abused. Well, the Second Amendment is no different. It recognizes that free people must be able to defend themselves from each other as well as their government, just as there are no limitation on the use of communication tools, there are no limitations, none, no restrictions on arms. The individual, not the government, decides which tools are necessary to exercise a right. And if you don't want to force CNN to report the news with a hand-cranked printing press, don't expect Americans to defend our families and communities with flintlocks. Nope, nope, no. Okay, now, because of the attitudes, like I said, we're doing some critical thinking here, because of the attitudes of judges like Richard Posner, we have people at the SEC who think it's just Peachy to raid your email box. Yep, Mary Jo White wants to read your Gmail. Yep, the Securities and Exchange Commission has raised an uproar about what might seem to be a basic legal question. During an investigation, does the SEC have the power to subpoena personal emails and or files? from internet companies such as Google, Yahoo, or Dropbox. See, the Email Privacy Act, a bill unanimously passed by the House of Representatives in April, would explicitly deprive the SEC and other civil agencies of the ability to obtain personal emails from internet companies. It would also close a loophole allowing agencies like the FBI and IRS to obtain emails older than 180 days without a warrant. In rare bipartisan agreement, the American Civil Liberties Union and Heritage Action supported the bill. But the SEC opposes it, saying, quote, shielding emails from civil law enforcement reach said Mary Jo White, the agency's chairman, quote, would create an unprecedented digital shelter, one that does not exist for paper materials, end quote. With all due respect, Mary Jo White, the bill's premise is not unprecedented. In fact, it essentially has been the rule at the SEC since the Internet's inception. I should know 
the person who wrote this article. He says he served in the agency's enforcement division for almost 20 years. The last 11 is chief of the Office of Internet Enforcement. He says he led the legal team that drafted the first, second, and third editions of the SEC's online investigative guidelines. Hmm. Sounds like just maybe the guy knows what he's talking about. What do you think? He went on to say, when we created those guidelines, we found compelling legal precedent in the SEC's handling of post office boxes. For decades, they served as an ideal <clears throat> shelter for fund fraudsters. Yet the SEC didn't subpoena mail from post office boxes. Doing so would be akin to executing a search warrant, which requires a criminal agency to prove to a judge that there is probable cause to believe the letters in the post office box violated the law. Search warrants are reserved for criminal prosecutorial agencies and unavailable to the SEC. That is why the enforcement guidelines this gentleman helped write prohibited and why the SEC has historically refrained from subpoenaing emails from today's virtual post office boxes. So, why is the SEC fighting for such an extraordinary expansion of its authority? Well, your guess is as good as mine. It's true that if the SEC were granted unfettered access to personal emails, it would probably find them to be a treasure trove of inculpatory evidence. But simply because a privacy intrusion could be fruitful does not justify it. The government could reduce crime by registering citizens' DNA at birth or requiring geolocation devices on automobile license plates. But Americans reject such intrusions. Make no mistake, if the SEC did someday subpoena and read personal emails, its demands would be broad and sweeping with no consideration for privacy. It might wind up holding intimate information about the sender's friends and family that is irrelevant to its investigation or even privileged communications with a spouse, counsel, or clergy, which government agencies are generally prohibited from reading. What in the past hindered overbroad subpoenas were not legal so much as logistical concerns? See, a witness might back up the proverbial truck to SEC headquarters to dump hundreds or even thousands of boxes of documents. A nightmare for staff to review and even to inventory delaying an investigation. Well, those days are long gone. Improved data handling has made storing and searching through a massive document dump not only easy, but even appealing. The SEC now vacuums up terabytes of data, even going so far as to subpoena physical computer hard drives, a dubious investigatory tactic that raises its own legal questions. 
Technology facilitates the capture and examination of personal emails, but that does not mean the SEC should be allowed to do so. It's not a criminal agency and operates under its own unique and far less limiting civil legal framework. Unlike criminal agencies, the SEC makes no distinction among its targets, subjects, or witnesses, meaning that throughout an investigation it treats innocent bystanders exactly the same as suspects. The SEC's administrative subpoenas rarely, if ever, are seen by a judge, let alone approved by one. So, Mrs. White will go down in history as one of SEC's most effective and successful leaders. In its 2015 fiscal year, the agency brought 807 enforcement cases, an unprecedented number, and secured orders directing penalties and disgorgements totaling $4.2 billion, billion with a B, an all-time high. There is no need to conscript Google, Yahoo, and the others to snoop into Americans' emails. The SEC can obtain emails, as it always has, by directly subpoenaing the people in its investigation, which allows the recipient's attorney to review and object before any email or file is handed over. The power to obtain emails through the back door should be left to criminal agencies, like the Justice Department where constitutional and statutory privacy protections are, well, now we know from Loretta Lynch, supposedly safeguarded by supposed vigorous and supposedly established judicial oversight. Yeah. So, did you follow the critical thinking there, my friends? The loss of rights always starts out as a small, insignificant thing, but it never ends small or insignificant. That was the whole purpose, my friends, of going through and lumping these three things together to show you the progression. This is exactly how government works these days, my friends. It's not small, and it's not insignificant. No, it's your rights, and that's the way it works. Okay, critical question. We do critical thinking. How about critical questioning? If Hillary is too big to jail, then what about this, shall we? At least one democracy does not hesitate to try, convict, and imprison its most prominent and powerful. Do you have any idea who I'm talking about, my friends? If you don't, listen up. At this very moment, Israel has in the bowels of its prison system one former president, Moshe Kazov, for sexual harassment, one former prime minister, Eman Olmart, for fraud, mm-hmm. 
In mind-blowing irony for Americans, yesterday, a Muslim judge in the Israeli court system, it's not yesterday, this was published the 6th, my friend, so it was published last Wednesday, so that means last Tuesday, okay, there we go. Um, A Muslim judge in the Israeli court system sends Dochai Donker to prison for stock fraud. Donker is from an old elite family and is a billionaire ruling over a diversified empire. Major shareholder and chairman of publicly traded IDB Group, Israel's largest diversified business group with assets of over $30 billion, including interests in insurance, biotech, and finance. Dockner founded the Gandin Group, which holds the controlling interests of IDB, and he served as director and vice chairman of Bank Hopalin, one of Israel's largest banks. This is all from the Forbes, the world's billionaires. Well, Noche Donker, once one of Israel's most powerful businessmen, with holdings ranging from telecoms to insurance, was convicted of stock manipulation by a Tel Aviv court. The former controlling shareholder of IDB Holding Corp, Dockner, was charged with improperly influencing IDB shares priced days before a planned securities issuance in February 2012, according to an emailed statement Monday from the Tel Aviv District Economic Court. The former tycoon could face as much as five years in prison, the Hazard Daily reported. So, as we try to absorb the meaning of FBI Director Comey's statement on Hillary Rodham Clinton. It's good to have a counterpoint in mind, to know that things could be different if we willed it. As a starting point, we can begin to regain America when we have one set of laws for every person, no matter his wealth or pedigree. Exactly, my friends. Too big to jail? I don't think so, my friends. Now, from the above to this, boom, boom, pop. See, the differences between rights the socialists like and rights they don't like. A no-gun list? You are hearing about it all the time, my friends, if you're paying any attention to what's going on. A no-gun list? Well, how about, instead of a no-gun list, how about a no-abort list? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? See, the left's different approach to rights it opposes. Well, here's an idea. The federal government needs to compile a list of women who shouldn't be allowed to get abortions. Yeah, I'm serious, my friends. The criteria for getting on the list must be flexible. After all, if an official at, say, the NIH or the FBI thinks that a woman should be a mother for some reason or other, he or she can block that abortion. Maybe the woman has great genes or a high IQ or the sort of financial resources we need in parents. Let's leave that decision where it belongs, in the hands of government. 
there's really no reason even to tell women if they're on the no-abort list. Let them find out at the clinic. And if they go in for an abortion only to discover that they are among the million or more people on the list, there will be no clear process for getting off of it, even if it was a bureaucratic error or a case of mistaken identity. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Well, you probably don't think so, particularly if you took part in the celebratory riot of good feelings in the wake of the Supreme Court's recent decision striking down Texas abortion regulations. See, in the case of Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstead, the court ruled that Texas could not raise the required health and safety standards of abortion clinics to match those of other ambulatory surgical centers. The reforms were implemented in the wake of the Kermit Gosnell scandal, in which the Philadelphia abortionist's avatar was revealed to be more like the setting for a Saw movie than a decent medical clinic. The court held that abortion is such a fundamental constitutional right that minimal health standards are of an undue burden on women seeking an abortion, even if they might save women's lives. You know, there's a deep, a deep and perplexing contradiction here. See, if abortion is just another aspect of women's health, currently the preferred euphemism for the procedure, why have higher health and safety regulations for dentists than you have for abortionists? Why have higher health and safety regulations for veterinarians than you do for abortionists? Hmm? Hmm? This is what the Supreme Court's telling us. We can't do that. But that's just one of the first of many contradictions. And I'll tell you, my friends, about more of those contradictions on the other side of the upcoming break. Because you're really going to want to hear this, my friends. And for those of you out there who maybe are offended that I'm talking about this like this, suck it up, buttercup. Because when you start meddling around with rights in one area, it has the law of unattended consequences in affecting them in other areas. As I just illustrated with the good Judge Posner's idea that the Constitution is outdated and shouldn't be given a moment's consideration. Yeah, that's the road we're headed down. And you know that old saying about the road to hell and what it's paved with, my friends. And boy, it's solid gold plating of good intentions. Yeah, again, heavy on the sarcasm font there, but I think you get the idea. See, you can't have one without the other. Rights and responsibilities, they are opposite sides of the same coin. You give up one, you lose the other. That's the way it works. So, like I said, 
I'll get more into the contradictions of the Supreme Court in that case of whole women's health um, and what it means on the other side of the break, because you're really going to want to hear about this, because it's important. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's dot thepowerherbs.com. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Warning. If you're here to feel good about government, if you believe that people in office actually care about your well-being, if you believe that statutes and codes are God's gift to man, 
This show is not for you. If you believe NBC, CNN, faux news, and the like actually report real news, this show is not for you. This is a proper place where those police need disposal of. So if you decide to stick around, this show will not be responsible for your mental instability. If you're brave enough to call in, this is your warning. You best bring facts to the discussion. And welcome back to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler. It's still Monday, July 11th, 2016. It is the 4 o'clock hour out here on the left coast. If you're listening some other time zone, obviously you're going to have to adjust accordingly. This is still a live call-in show. It's calling is real easy. Just dial 1-800-932-1980. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is, of course, we still give that exemption to members of Media Matters, the Southern Poverty Law Center, as well as those agents of the government that are paid to listen to this show, because after all, if we was to require them to think, well, it would create a hostile work environment, and we don't want to be responsible for that. You may also send a message, as long as it still continues to work, to Yahoo Instant Messenger ID, KC7AQK. The reason I put it that way is because the news is is that Yahoo Messenger is going away. I don't know when it's going away. I've only been told that it is going away. So that may not be an option anymore. For those of you who are just joining us at this time, We've been having a discussion on the idea that it's such a wonderful idea to have a no-gun list. And part of the things that would be a criteria to be on no-gun list is if you're on the no-fly list. And we all know about how the no-fly list runs, that you don't find out that you're on the no-fly list until, well, you try and get on a plane and find out that you're on the no-fly list. And once you're on it, you're finding out how you got on it, let alone finding out how to get yourself off of it, is nigh-on impossible. After all, I remind you, even Ted Kennedy himself was on the no-fly list. So... You know, getting on the no-fly list does not take much. Or you take the example that that I gave you like about, oh, a month ago or so about the lady who moved to Florida and and when she said she wanted to be an organ donor to, uh, for her new dr- Florida driver's license because, well, she moved to Florida, right? The, the bureau rat at the DMV pulled the drop-down menu, and instead of clicking on a donor list, marked her as a sex offender, and she didn't think anything about it. She didn't look at her driver's license. She said, oh, there's my driver's license, put it in her, in, her, in her purse, and went on her merry way, and then started to wonder why people looked at her funny when they looked at her driver's license. And, and then, now, she has to fight to sue to get that mistake changed. Well, same thing here. No gun list? Well, we'll put it on there. Well, let's apply that same logic to abortion. And why not? A no abort list. After all, 
I, as I promised those of you who were here at the last half hour, how about some of those contradictions from the Supreme Court in the case of whole woman's health care? Well, let's dive into them. The court allowed whole women's health to sue in the first place, even though the company has no right to an abortion and third parties aren't supposed to have standing to sue for someone else's constitutional rights. After all, the left loves to say corporations aren't people. Well, unless they're suing for abortion rights. Then the new mantra is, corporations are people, but human fetuses aren't. See, the contradiction that I find most glaring and appalling is that the euphoric hysteria from the left over the court's decision occurred right in the middle of a conversation about guns and terrorist watch lists. In that conversation... Many of the same voices on the left argued that the federal government can, nay, it must, have the unilateral power to put American citizens on a secret list, barring them from exercising two constitutional rights, the right to bear arms and the right to due process when the government denies you a right. Now, both of those, unlike abortion are rights that are spelled out in the Constitution. Congressional Democrats even staged, in case you missed it, a tawdry tantrum on the House floor about this. Never mind that the Orlando slaughter, the event that set off the House sit-in, would have not have been prevented if the Democrats had their way. Riding for the majority in the Hellerstead case, Justice Stephen Breyer argued that the Texas statute was unnecessary because, quote, determined wrongdoers, end quote, like Gosnell, wouldn't be deterred by new laws given that he was willing to violate existing laws. Maybe so. But isn't that exactly the NRA's position on gun laws? Hmm? Murderers, never mind terrorists, by definition, don't care about the law. Uh, hang on, we got an instant message here. Yahoo Messenger dead date is August 5th, according to Yahoo. Okay, I knew it was, I knew it was coming soon, my friends, so I don't know what I'm going to do after August 5th, but uh, well, we'll figure it out, my friends. We'll figure something out. Uh, but in the meantime, August, uh, August 5th, there we go, dead date. Hmm. Now, back to, the, back to the message here. Where was I? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, murders by definition, etc., they don't care about the law, right? But it gets even crazier, my friends, if you can imagine it getting crazier. President Bio hailed the court's decision, and he desperately craves the unilateral power to keep a list of people to whom he wants to deny guns without due process. But he also insists that known terrorists, particularly those held at Gutmo Bay, have a constitutional right to due process, though presumably not to buy a gun. Yeah, there's a lot of deviltry in the details. 
But the basic truth is undeniable. Those on the left, those in all three branches of the federal government, along with their cheerleaders in the media, believe the rights they like are sacred, and the rights they dislike are negligible inconveniences at best and outrageous cancers on the body politic at worst. As Justice Clarence Thomas put in his Hellerstead dissent, quote, the court employs a different approach to rights that it favors, end quote. In this, the court is not alone, my friends. Not at all. Okay. When you don't know history, you're doomed to hear others pervert it and use it against you. So here's something to think about, my friends, especially in light of last week being the celebration of our short-lived independence. Government revision of history debunked. Chris Ann Hall is responsible for this, and she did a damn fine job. In Orwellian fashion, B.O. is attempting to reinterpret history to justify the government dismantling Americans' Fourth Amendment protections. In a speech delivered regarding the National Security Agency data collection programs, B.O. gave this twisted distortion of American history. Quote, At the dawn of our republic, a small, secret surveillance committee born out the Son of Liberties was established in Boston, and the group's members included Paul Revere. At night, they would patrol the streets, reporting any signs that the British were preparing raids against America's early patriots. Throughout American history, intelligence has helped secure our country and our freedoms, end quote. You know, it's really hard to believe that some speechwriter could so shamelessly co-opt the fight for liberty to justify the modern surveillance state. On the other hand, given the progressive... <clears throat> education that the majority of our citizens have been brainwashed to believe, maybe this speechwriter thought nobody would notice. What do you say we shed the light of truth on this mind-manipulating rewrite of American history, shall we? See, the Revolutionary War was not a battle between the British and Americans. It was a battle between British colonists and their government. It was a battle to win independence from government intrusion, denial of liberty, and government control. My friends, it was the one and only civil war in this country. That's it, my friends. We have had only one civil war, not a foreign war. The war that most people look at and call the quote-unquote civil war was a foreign war, a war between two different governments, 
two different countries. The Sons of Liberty were birthed by colonists who were fed up with the government's intrusions upon their privacy, property, and denial of their rights. It all began in February 1961 when James Otis Jr., a former government attorney, brought a lawsuit against the government for its blatant violations of the colonists' rights to privacy and security of property from warrantless searches and seizures. Otis blew the cover off the British tool called writs of assistance. These writs were authority given to government agents by law that permitted those agents to arbitrarily demand access to colonists' homes and businesses to search and seize anything the government agents deemed to be suspicious. Otis had been in charge of the execution of these warrantless searches and prosecution that resulted from the seizures. He began to realize just how tyrannical these writs were. He called them, quote, the worst instruments of arbitrary power, the most destructive of English liberty ever found in an English law book, end quote. When Otis was approached by some colonists who were victims of this arbitrary power, he decided to resign his post and take up a legal battle to secure the liberty of the colonists. The colonists had a long-established right to the security of their property and to due process rights. Otis was there to defend them. Otis argued for five hours fighting the government in their courtroom. He lost the legal fight, but birthed a spirit of independence in the hearts and minds of the colonists. This is what John Adams had to say about that day in court. Quote, But Otis was a flame of fire, with a promulitude of classic illusions, a depth of research, a rapid summary of historical events and dates, a profusion of legal authorities, a prophetic glare of his eyes into the future, and a rapid torrent of impetuous eloquence. He hurried away all before him. American independence was then and there born. The seeds of patriots and heroes to defend the vigorous youth were then and there sown. Every man of an immense crowded audience appeared to me to go away as I did, ready to take up arms against writs of assistance. Then and there was the first scene of the first act of opposition to the arbitrary claims of Great Britain. Then and there, the child of independence was born. In 15 years, namely, in 1776, he grew up to manhood and declared himself free, end quote. That was John Adams writing to William Tudor on the 29th of March, 1817. Also in that courtroom that day were Samuel Adams, 
and many of the other men who would become the founders of our constitutional republic. Sam Adams left that courtroom inspired to form the Committees of Correspondence, a citizen coalition group whose purpose was to connect the liberty-minded colonists and help educate each other on the truth in the face of government media propaganda. My friends, the Committees of Correspondence was their Facebook of their day. And I can guarantee you they didn't post pictures of cats to one another, okay? The Sons of Liberty were that action group that was birthed out of the inspired members of the Committees of Correspondence, and the Sons of Liberty were not a government surveillance program. As a matter of fact, they were quite the opposite. The Sons of Liberty held rallies and protests against the government's denial of their right to privacy and due process. The protests took the form of mock hangings and mock funeral processions of government agents. They were engaged in anti-government surveillance, defending liberty from a government who was refusing to abide by their constitutional charters. See, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat its mistakes. If the <clears throat> progressives can rewrite our history to the point where patriots fighting for liberty become the very government oppressors they battled, we will become enslaved and never even know it. I'm reminded, my friends, of what Thomas Paine said about their king in his dis dissertation called Common Sense. Here's what he wrote, quote, He may accomplish by craft and subtlety in the long run what he cannot do by force or violence in the short one, end quote. This blatant distortion of reality by President Bio has only one purpose, to convince the masses to submit to a level of government control that can only be equated to tyrannical kings and kingdoms. Our founders did not accept such tyrannical abuse of their God-given rights, and we should not do it by accepting it now. James Otis Jr. said, quote, I will to my dying day oppose with all the powers and faculties God has given me all the instruments of slavery on the one hand and villainy on the other as this writs of assistance is, end quote. So what's the difference between this history and B.O.'s? Well, the history, my friends, that I've just given you is based in fact. And B.O.'s, pure fiction. Pure fiction. Okay, links of interest. We got 12, my friends. Number 12, OMG. B.O. actually did something useful. I know, shocking. Well, Brexit leader rips Obama in front of the entire world and thanks Obama. Yeah, he rips Obama and thanks him for making the Brexit vote possible. Yeah, like I said, 
B.O. actually did something useful. Number 11, an expose of the high-speed rail hoax. Yep, the political class knew that California's high-speed rail is a fraud and a farce. But they went through, and they're still going through with it anyway, my friends. Number 10, I just got a chuckle. This is heartwarming, but it doesn't happen often enough. If it did, then Hitlery would not be news anymore. It's a little video. And no, it's not a YouTube video slamming the, the Prophet Muhammad. No, no. This is a real video. And it's a video where Hillary, Hillary is told, you're not welcome here. And she gets heckled off the stage in under a minute in L.A. Yeah, just doesn't happen very often. That's the problem. Number nine, what gets me? is that if these companies came together and said, we're not going to be bilked anymore, they would be brought up on racketeering charges for not engaging in the racketeering. What racketeering am I talking about? Well, the DNC accepted money from Walmart, McDonald's, and other companies that they claim to oppose. That's what I'm talking about, my friends. Number eight. If this surprises you, then you need to start breathing again because your brain has been deprived of oxygen too long. Yep, there's a man in the DOJ who has filed an, a, a motion to delay Hillary Clinton's emails, the revelation of them, for 27 months. And if you think they won't be able to find a judge that will grant that motion... <laughs> I got some um, beachfront property in North Dakota that I'd like to interest you in real cheap. Number seven, I've talked about this in the past, but here's an updated map with updated numbers and the cost. The cost, my friend, is staggering, which is why the lamestream media will not tell you about it. Because if they did, then Trump's all build a wall statement actually starts to make great sense when compared with how much illegals actually cost. What am I talking about? It's a map, my friends, that shows exactly how much illegal immigration costs each individual state. So you can look at your state and see how much it's costing your state specifically, my friends. Number six, this is more of the narrative along the lines of that YouTube video being responsible for Benghazi. Yeah, U.S. embassies removed July 4th celebration out of respect for Islam. Yeah, because see, July 4th, Fourth falls right in the middle of their Ramadan celebration. And they didn't want to disrespect our embassies. Our embassies did not want to disrespect Islam in the countries where our embassies were. Yeah, right. Number five, I told you this was coming, and here's an I told you so. The only thing I didn't have is the number of counts and exactly what they would be for. Yep, thick as thieves, Clinton's superdelegate indicted on 24 counts of 
federal fraud offenses. She's facing more than 500 years if she was convicted on all the counts and they were uh, ordered to be served consecutively instead of concurrently. What you want to bet that they won't be done concurrently if uh, she is convicted. And finally, four through one, a string of articles to show you just how the narrative is manipulated to show you only what the narrative wants you to see. I would deem that unless you are such a political junkie like your host, you probably have not heard of half of these stories. The first one, from Conservative Tribune, another mass shooting at a club. A response, Orlando residents demand that a mosque be shut down as it's breeding many terrorists, including the terrorists who shot up the Pulse nightclub. Then this. Illegal alien murders three people right here in Oregon. The media is silent. I think the only reason I know about it is, well, because it happens so close to where I live, my friends. And finally this. Another mass shooting. Breaking mass shooting just took place. Media dead silent. Guess why? Uh Uh-huh. And if you guess because the shooter was black and his, he deliberately stated that he was out to shoot white people, you got it right, my friends. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we're living in today, my friends. Okay, as I said, we don't really have a critical thinking segment per se, because I did that series of three articles. If you weren't here in the first hour, you missed most of it, my friends, uh, because, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm really sorry. You're just going to have to listen to a rebroadcast to pick it up. But when we come back, we'll have the Roy School of Guerrilla Lawfare. So you're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show here on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. 
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Welcome back to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shedler, constitutional counselor and still all around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. Why? I'll tell you why, my friends, because, well, we ask the questions here, questions that are very, very uncomfortable, uncomfortable for those that wish to engage in tyranny or uh, uh, help those that want to engage in tyranny don't like asked, let alone answered. And as part of that quest, one of the things I do in the very last half hour of the show is engage in what I call the Roy's School of Guerrilla Lawfare. That's L-A-W for Learn and Win Through a Better Education. We try and take a subject and present it in an exclusive format, free of anything else that might be going on, and examine it. Pick it apart, if you will, to try and show you how it's important to your life, liberty, and happiness, my friends. Well, today we have an article on, uh, hmm, okay, I will. I'll check out Pigeon, whatever that is, but I'll check it out later. Anyway, we have an article here on how the American left has won. Rest in peace, Liberty. It was nice having you while you was around. Yep. The Democrats, how they win? Well, the Democrats in the House of Representatives, 
recently staged a theatrical sit-in, ostensibly demanding that they, as an oppressed and victimized minority, be allowed to vote on additional gun control measures. This childish attempt to mimic the demonstrations attendant to the union organization drives of the early 20th century and the civil rights movement of the 60s was promoted by myopic fools who do not seem to understand that they have won. They now control virtually all levers of power in the federal government dominate one major political party, and fully intimidate the other. And they are successfully altering society as a whole. In other words, my friends, they have defeated the man. As long as there was a villain to condemn for all perceived and imagined evils, and the bulk of the citizenry kept their nose to the grindstone, thus fashioning the wealthiest and most powerful nation in the annals of mankind, the left need, need never accept responsibility for their program failures as well as their inane actions and proposals. However, Thanks to the past eight years, what was once essentially fun and games for the left has accelerated into reality. Thus, after nearly a century with the implicit abetting by a feckless opposition party over the past 30 years, the American left has succeeded in breaking nearly everything in the China shop. So, a question for the left and their tacit allies. Now that you own it, what are you going to do with it? You claim to a desire to transform America. Transform it into what? See, oftentimes you bandy about the examples of Sweden or other Euro-socialist nations as prime models of transformative countries. However, Sweden has 3% of the population and 4.5% of the land area of the United States. Further, as is true of virtually all European nations, Sweden's entire history, 620 years worth, has been as a monarchy and an all-powerful central government with a compliant and ethnically homogenous population. Nonetheless, even with these favorable factors, Sweden is currently and desperately looking for ways to get out from under the oppressive weight of their brand of socialism. Mm-hmm. Hang on, what do we got here? Uh, oh, hearing, oh, you're hearing background people. Ooh, ew, okay, I got the window open because it's kind of warm. Well, let me close the window. Hang on, squeak, squeak, squeak as I close the window, and we'll see if that solves the problem. There. 
Now it's going to warm up in here really fast. Oh, well. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. We were talking about Sweden and their oppressive weight of their brand of socialism. On the other hand, by comparison, the United States that you now governed, use on the left, that is, is a nation the size of the entire continent of Europe with a population of over 320 million, and further, it stands alone in history as one, a nation founded in revolution, two, a country with a 240-year history of individual freedom and free enterprise, and three, as a political entity with overwhelming ethnic diversity. Therefore, your challenges are going to be quite different from that of any of your status idols of the past. Through your domination of the educational establishment, two or more generations have been taught to believe that the United States is a flawed racist, and malevolent country. Over the years, you have, in keeping with Marxist strategy, convinced a near majority of the American population that capitalism is the bane of mankind and only empowers the wealthy. Only a powerful central government can assure the equitable distribution of wealth, provide for cradle-to-grave security, and solve all the ills of mankind. You have, over the years, taken gradual steps to bring these tenets to fruition. However, under the Obama administration, you have dramatically hastened the process First, is a rapidly growing and vast regulatory regime overwhelmingly dominated by your leftist bureau rats. As of today, there are nearly 1.1 million federal regulations spanning 186,000 pages in the Code of Federal Regulations coupled with 75,000 pages in the Internal Revenue Code, costing the economy over $2 trillion. Trillion, with a T, my friends. $2 trillion in annual compliance costs. And this is just compliant costs, not the taxes also associated with them. Your mindless acceptance of global warming or climate change is eventuating in further regulatory chaos and massive economic dislocation that is destroying innumerable jobs and untold billions in wealth creation. Second, in order to finance the various social programs and debt forgiveness you have promised, you are proposing further confiscatory tax rates on the upper income groups who are the driving force 
behind job and wealth creation. Your plan to confiscate up to 60% of all the annual income of the top 5% earners in the country would fund the government for less than six months. While you have succeeded in achieving retribution, these people would soon leave for far more hospitable, hospitable climbs or just drop out of the rat race together. You know, it's called Atlas Shrugged. Third, in a sop toward populism and increasing government revenue, you are threatening massive new tariffs and potential international trade wars. The nearly 20 million American jobs that currently rely on international trade would be in jeopardy. If these policies were enacted, and as someone who has spent over 30 years in the field of international finance, the author of this says that he can guarantee there would be little or no repatriation of jobs to the United States, and a depression would be inevitable. Fourth, in order to finance unbridled government spending, you have sanctioned never-ending deficit spending, doubling the debt of the previous 231 years in just nine years. And to ostensibly spur economic growth, the Federal Reserve has resorted to near-endless de facto money creation. There is little doubt that there will be another major international financial crisis in the next 12 to 18 months. These interminable policies have exhausted any viable means of coping with the next catastrophe. And thanks primarily to your desire for unbridled immigration, including legalizing those here illegally, the working age population of this country will increase nearly 20 million by 2030. In order to get back to the level of employment at the turn of the century, over 30 million jobs will need to be created. How do you plan to do that? How are you going to ma manage to master, to steer the economy? How are you going to do it through the next financial meltdown? What are you planning to do, at a minimum, to maintain the current standard of living of the populace? How are you going to sustain the social spending you have promised so many? See, you've gutted the military and used it as a playground for your pet social theories. So what is your game plan? In the event this nation is attacked and has to face enemies on multiple fronts throughout a dangerous world. Hmm? How are you going to finance this eventuality? What will be your rules of engagement? You have given birth to a generation of young college graduates who are afraid of their own shadows, know nothing of the history of their country, and expect as their birthright guaranteed income and a life 
without adversity, what are you going to do to the, with these people? You defrauded and deluded when reality rears its ugly head and bites them in the ass. Hmm? Under your stewardship, the rule of law has been turned on its head. Rather than apply the law equally to all, those who are politically allied with you are invariably exonerated of any wrongdoings, such as Hillary Clinton or the bureau rats at the IRS or the EPA. Do you honestly believe you will ever be able to reestablish respect for the law, particularly those you pass and attempt to enforce? Hmm? Under the false banner of <clears throat> civil rights, you are hell-bent on destroying religious and individual freedom. You are using the courts, which you now control, as a battering ram to eliminate, as a first step, any vestige of Christianity from public and private square in order to transform the nation into a fully secular state. Thus, in your adult thinking, a population much easier to control. You are determined by stealth means to eventually eliminate the Second Amendment as a means of consolidating your power. You worship at the altar of federalism with the active participation of the courts is rapidly eroding the rights of the states as spelled out in the Constitution, a document you consider archaic and need in of replacement on your terms, of course. Little do you realize that you are dealing with a nation and a people with a long history of independence and free enterprise who have been sleepwalking for far too long. What are you going to do when you're disastrous policies collapse and American society is on the verge of disintegration and the American populace finally wakes up and sees the turmoil you have precipitated. How are you going to control a country of 3.8 million square miles and 325 million people? when they turn on you. In this current election season, as reality has yet to fully come into focus, the American people are being forced to choose between two remaining candidates for president. Unfortunately, neither Donald Trump nor Hillary Clinton, as progeny of the left, are capable of or willing to understand the tide that is engulfing this nation. Thus, the left's victory is unassailable with an open field ahead of them. As for this racist, misogynistic, and homophobic old white guy who has been coerced into underwriting the America's left's fun and games, well, the time has arrived to get off the train 
and become an interested and active observer, either here or from afar. And the one thing the left will quickly learn is that it's not fun and games being the man. There you go, my friends. That's what we have to look forward to, unfortunately. And I so much agree with so much of what this gentleman has had to say. And the gentleman is Steve McCann. And uh, he really does nail it, my friends. Yeah, I turned 55 this year. And I've been watching these things happen for a good long time time. I became politically aware of what the heck is going on in this world when I was just nine years old. Granted, I didn't have the political awareness then that I do now, but I got started a lot earlier than 99 plus percent of the population out there becoming aware of what's going on. And I've always been that one just like the old story that you've heard about. Mama, why is the emperor running around naked? That's me, my friends. And that is why they eventually got tired of this show and charged your host, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, charged your host with conspiracy to defraud. My friends, that's an enhancement statute. It's like the statute of using a gun in the commission of robbing a bank. Well, they charged me with conspiracy to defraud without charging or proving any fraud, just a conspiracy. But a conspiracy to do what? Like I said, no charge of fraud. And what was the sole purpose? Well, it came out in the sentencing hearing, my friends, when the assistant attorney general was challenged and chastised three times by the judge to name something in law to justify why he was seeking a full five years for your host, given your host's very minor participation in this so-called conspiracy. And after three times, I read this to you on the air before, my friends. I should have drug it out to read it to you again, but I didn't because I didn't think I was going to be going there this week. But I've read it to you in the past. After three times, finally, he came out and said, Mr. Ben Shadler has a radio show and it must be silenced. There you go, my friends. And I wasn't allowed to bring up that this show is a political and satirical talk show. Why? Because before I was charged, I never said those words specifically. Gee, I was under the impression that since the whole network is based upon politics and satire, that it was 
obvious what this show was, but evidently, nope, just like this little litany of how... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.